Three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, September 27th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better as the Big X. We're coming to you, as always, from the University of College Business uh, Studios. Go to business.louisville.edu for more information about how you can get paid to get your MBA. Not exactly. Not technically. But it will feel like you're getting paid to get your MBA. Again, business.louisville.edu. It's your college. Stay up with what's going on by going to their website and signing up for their business updates. U of College Business Studios here every day, rock and rolling off Taylorsville Road. Mike Rutherford with Trevor Kelsey. We're here. Normal show today, 3 to 6, normal hours. Uh, we'll hand the baton to Jody Demling after that, but not, well, hold on. 5.30. 5.30 5 today? I was told it was that yesterday. No, I touched yesterday. Last night, remember? No. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't have to be last night to let me know that it, we we could have gone to five thirty. Yeah, and that we were we doing five thirty yesterday in the uh, day. I missed that. Yeah. Okay, well, I lied. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> five thirty today, and then tomorrow. What happens if you didn't ever saw Spencer's? We're not gonna do that again. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I told you. I was like, we. You, you were like, I'm. You're like, I messed up the day of the bats game. We could have gone to five thirty. I'm like, it would have just been thirty more minutes of people ripping on me for not knowing what Spencer's was. I spent the, I spent three in between innings breaks talking to Nick about it. It was, the talk, it was the talk of the town. <laughs> it was, it was a, I couldn't go anywhere without people talking to me about Spencer's. <laughs> you're texting me, your family just my sister's shaming like, you? My sister's like, there's no way you didn't know what Spencer's was. I was like, no. Everybody, like, every reaction I got, if you missed the show yesterday, I, I, didn't, the very know, end too. I didn't know what Spencer's Gifts was. I've never heard of this place. It's a just a total blind spot. Everybody has, I think, at least one thing where, like, the rest of the world is aware of this, and you're just not. And, like, people can't believe that I don't know what this story is, but I... I I don't. See, I wish I knew what my blind spot was, but if I did, it wouldn't be a blind spot. Exactly. Like, That's the thought. Yesterday. I, I want to know what mine is, but I don't. Because we were talking about the guy who wore the FU2 shirt to the UofL football game. Yeah. And, like, you know, whether or not that was appropriate. And then somebody chimed in. A couple people chimed in. They were like, there actually were multiple people wearing the same shirt. And then somebody was like, they sell them at Spencer's. Which makes, sounds right up Spencer's alley. And my response was, what is Spencer's? <laughs> at which point, Trevor proceeded to have a stroke on air. And just like fell on the floor, couldn't believe it. And I'm like, well, for the record, it was like my third stroke of the day. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, there's no way that this place is this like like omnipresent. Like everybody knows what it is, what it is, and turns out everybody does. Yeah, and does. I'm like, I'm like the only one who doesn't know what Spencer's is. He's never heard of this, and it was just a it was a weird thing, and it followed me all throughout yesterday. Like my wife texted in during the show. She's like, I I grew up an hour from a town with a mall, 
I know what Spencer's <laughs> is. Everybody knows what Spencer's is. I mean, it was is. on television shows. It's, it's been on TV shows current. I mean, I, I think, I want to say the Goldbergs, that's where the kids work. I've never seen the Goldbergs. You never watched Goldberg. Well, I mean, I wouldn't watch it. You've this. never heard of the Goldbergs? You know. <laughs> I've heard of the Goldbergs. I've just never seen the Goldbergs. The wrestler? <laughs> well, don't watch it after season six anyway. It gets pretty dumb after that. But oh, that's God. not the point. Uh, but still, then it's good. Th- and it would have been just like five, like 30 more minutes of that. So I was kind of glad that we got off there. and <laughs> Spent the first nine minutes talking about it today. I just glanced at the text line. <laughs> Trevor's blind spot, the English language. <laughs> I know it. I can't be. <laughs> There's a different description for that for my 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 uh, wrangling of the English language. Also, I'm just not noticing this. Like, Cuz I know what it is, I just don't do it right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you at least know like, what Yeah, English at least is. know what the, what the English language is. I know what a pterodactyl is. I didn't is. know what Spencer's was. Yeah. Um so I- I'm just now seeing this on Twitter. There's now we all know about the Bring Brom Home guy. Yeah. Who just spams everything. And- <laughs> Yesterday he tweeted at somebody he quote tweeted some, I don't remember what, who it was. And he replied to his own tweet with hashtag bring Brom home. And then he retweeted, he, he retweeted, he replied to that, that reply. It's getting with out of control. Flyville 23 or whatever. I'm like, he's, he's replying to himself on numerous times. I don't want to, So I, I muted him like I did the last time. And like, it's kind of driving me crazy because I'll see, like, I'll have a tweet out there and it'll be like, you have one quote tweet. And then with muted people, you can't see what they actually yeah, just So says, you click on it and it'll be like, no quote tweets. And I'm like, oh, it's that. I, I know who it is. Like, every yeah. time I see, like, a response to me that I can't see, I'm like, I know what's going on. And I I know he's a fan of the show. He's probably listening right now. I don't know who this person is. But I assume. He the, or she. The, he or she. The way that they interact with you and I and they always retweet the the, the show with Bring Rob Home. So I don't want to do this, but I, I kind of feel like I need to block them because it's getting. Why do you block just mute? But I, because it's annoying me that I, I keep seeing these responses. I'm you like, what's Brom? going on? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I realize it's the Bring Brom Home guy. But now we also have, this is where it's getting really annoying. Um, we now have a Leave Brom There account that is just responding to everything that the Bring Brom Home guy. Well, I haven't tweets. seen this person. It's at Leave Brom There. And it's just like every single tweet that this guy's like Bring Brom Home, he's, ha- he's responding and hashtagging like Leave Brom There. And there's another one too that's kind of the same type of account. I've had to, I've had to mute that one. But it's now it's just getting it's it's too much. There's too much out there. There's too much going on. I can't take it. I don't have the Lee Brom there guy. He's, he doesn't. Uh, I, I mean, mean you can search for it. It's just it's all I don't one want word. To go that far. Yeah, I mean. It's all one word. Lee Brom there. You'll find the account. It's but now it's it, this is this has gone too far. It was funny for a little bit. Now it's just it's too much. <laughs> it, it doesn't bother me. I guess I just don't get the notifications you do on a regular basis, though. Yeah, it's too much. It's, it, it's... Why are millions of Netflix fans threatening to end their subscriptions? I saw the same headline. I was very I was curious. curious. I didn't click on it. I haven't clicked yet on it. It's by the U.S. Sun, so I'm a little worried, too. It's but... the Jeffrey Dahmer thing? Did they know. raise it again? Did they go the, the price? I, it's it's got to be something like who, that. Isn't Hulu up to like 15 bucks now? Hulu is because I upgraded to the I finally upgraded to the no ads because it was driving Mary crazy that we were watching <laughs> only murders because she's when I started watching it and so I finally upgraded and it's like it's like sixteen like sixteen ninety nine a month started at like nine ninety nine I don't remember it's when getting up. everything's getting up there I, I mean was, it's still for, for twenty even for twenty bucks for what they put on those uh, as much as you get on those subscription sites it's probably worth it probably. it just it just irritates because you have so me like everyone else has so many of them it does add up it does you gotta. They're going to make us start choosing one or two each person instead of everybody having all of them. Speaking of Netflix and movies and such, uh, we have a list later in the show that we're going to get to that's going to – one of my favorite things is a list that just drive Trevor crazy. So we're going to do that. That's going to be fun. We've got big sports news to get to, though. Uh, We'll start today. We'll talk about the – I don't know if you've even seen the Memphis IARP ruling came out today, uh, how that may affect Louisville. We'll get into that. 
And then we've got Scott Satterfield. It was press conference Tuesday. He talked, said some interesting things, had a couple of, of team updates. Uh, he talked, Brian Brown talked, um, Ben Perry talked. We can play a little sound uh, from that and re- react to that news. Also, a couple of th- early thoughts on the Boston College game for this weekend. The spread continues to hang right there around 15 and a half. Uh, and also, we want to hear from you on the Thornton Sex Line. 502-414-1450. It's the best place to interact with the show. It's your show as well. We love hearing from you. We love when you direct the conversation. So leave us your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns at 502-414-1450. And don't forget to visit one of the 65,212 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them in this area for a good reason. You don't make that many if you're not doing a good job. Thornton's knows what they're doing. They got the best food inside, get the best gas prices outside, and they got the best app in the game, the Refreshing Rewards app. Download that bad boy. It's going to save you money every time you have to fuel up at any area Thornton's locations. TK, rocking the Seattle Kraken t-shirt today. You're wearing the Stanley Cup champion avalanche, which in some, in some years I'm sure I will have a version of that for the Kraken. For the Kraken, well, they do have our old goalie. They they yeah they took the the lanches they took Grubauer after last year he was a good goalie but uh, yeah it's so good money. that y'all won it after he left uh, we didn't need a goalie we're that's how good we were <laughs> yeah, we, had, we, we took a career backup and turned him into a Stanley Cup champion and we're gonna try to do it again this year so that's it's like what you do on the radio with me pretty well no <laughs> don't, don't sell yourself short uh, how are you this Tuesday did you watch any of that Monday night game which was maybe a little bit more entertaining than we thought it was going to be picked up at the end at least stop putting uh, NFC East games on national TV please uh, that's a stat I saw that after the games. Daniel Jones, 0-9 in primetime. And the first thing I thought of was not that he's 0-9, is that this guy has been a nine primetime game. He's what, what is his fourth year? I had the same thought. I'm like, I mean, why are the it's not Giants, like he's why? like a 15-year veteran or something. And it's not like he's playing for the Cowboys. He's playing for the damn Giants. Yeah, who've been Keep bad. Keep the Giants off primetime TV. The Stop. entire time he's been there, they've been bad. It's bad. And I, and I understand. I guess I can't get too mad at it because, well, I mean, Eagles have had a few bad seasons here and there. And, it's almost inevitable that uh, whether it's Washington, Dallas, or New York, if the Philadelphia game versus one of them is going to be either on Thursday or Monday night. Like it's just, I think it's Washington this year, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, that, and we've had one with Minnesota. But in the same thing, with the Giants. It's, I mean, I guess it. I don't. I haven't seen what ratings are, but I guess it. It constantly still brings in ratings, regardless. Because big market. Yeah, I mean, the NFC East has been somewhat down for the last few years, mediocre at best, and. They just yeah they're they're probably at least the combination of the four teams play at least probably three Monday night football games a year it seems like if not Thursday night as well or Sunday night the prime time in general one of the three prime times I did make a mistake last night though oh no I fell asleep with my window open next to my bed it's too cold for that now and and I I woke I woke up and I just feel like my I'm congested my, that my throats it's that time of year I hate I like having the window open all the way until I go to sleep. Like, I just can't, I don't want to sleep with it open because every time I do, I end up getting sick in some way. And I don't think I'm sick now. I think this is just. I can't have the same thing with the fan. Yeah. And that thing's going around right now. Like, they, our kids both have a, like, this horrendous cough. And they've got runny noses, but they're, it's all clear. They feel fine. They've got like, no fevers. Yeah, yeah. It's just But they have this deep cough that it sounds like they're dying. And so, like, we, we kept Virginia home from school on Monday, not because, like, we thought she was sick or she wasn't feeling well enough to go. We were just like, we're going to be judged so hard right now if we send her. Because she's like, ugh, ugh. I was like. Well, you can't be judged as bad parents by the other parents, right? I well, mean, the, the teachers would judge us, so we kept her home. Don't be that parent of the kid who's pushing little girls down at the St. Joe's picnic or whatever it was. No, it was like a grown boy. Grown boy, yeah. And he had chest hair, punching my daughter in the chest when she's I like, two. I like how he's gotten older and older to, 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 he is. to make up for the fact that you want to beat him up. I still want to. I mean, I don't. I'll tell it like it is. He was like eight. I still wanted to beat him up. I still do want to beat him up. 
I hope he's getting beat up at school every day, honestly. <laughs> he's getting wet, I'm the anti-bullying part of this of this uh, radio show. You're you are. I am pro-bully. I I'll make an exception for that kid. I hope he's getting. <laughs> I hope he's gotten beat up at least once so far at school this year. Punched my two-year-old daughter. Just punched her and then lied about it. Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't know what time, I might go back to the podcast back in May. Derby here. week. First Derby week. Yeah. First day. That was the same day I did my performance. Me and Dugan did our uh, gambler performance for you. I did. It was a, it was a great it was a great day. Great episode. Yeah. Shout out to uh, our friends over there in Middletown for hosting us. But we're we're going to get into uh, I, the Memphis stuff is interesting. So w- we didn't know that this was going to happen until this morning. It comes out. It starts leaking out in the morning. The Memphis IARP rulings coming out, and every college basketball writer in the world has to do the same thing that you do whenever you talk about the IARP, which is do the precursor like whatever happens today is final. <laughs> There's no appeal. Is there a template for tweets for media members? We talked about this yesterday with the, this is my view from the office. Yeah. Like, is there, is there like a group of like, I was like, is there like a book I don't know about that when like something happens, like, like you know, Jeff Goodman and, 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 and all the guys, they just like put their like media guy, media guy template for tweets and they open them and go, okay, what are, okay. Oh, that's what I tweet. It's the same book. Rothstein's got his own chapter. It's well, Rothstein, <laughs> he's in his own world. He's, yeah. he's a computer, so he's got his own thing going on. But it's the same book that they give college basketball color analysts that says, hey, in the final minute, you have to say don't need a three here at least five times, <laughs> even when it's very clear that you don't need a three. Like, I mean, you know, coming down, like down three with six seconds left, like you don't need a three here. You can get a quick two. It's like, no, they probably need a three here. Just just take a three. You don't have to say it every time. It drives me crazy. Doing their Dan fouls. It's the last game of the year. Can't leave anything, Can't anything back. Can't leave anything back. <laughs> oh, uh, we know. But so everybody lets us know that Memphis, the ruling's coming out. And, of course, you, you cannot appeal. So whatever's happen, whatever happens today is going to be what happens. And Memphis, for a quick little reminder of what we're talking about here, they are in trouble for, one, they had James Wiseman a couple of years ago. They found out after the season had started, like after the first game of the year, that he had been declared ineligible by the NCAA. And Penny Hardaway, in one of the great moves of all time, just said, F it, we're going to play him anyway. Like, they, they went out and got a temporary injunction from a judge that said, like, we're, we're stopped, we're blocking the NCAA, and just played him. And then after a couple of games, I think that judge has something better to do. <laughs> no, then listen to that argument. <laughs> he's a judge in Memphis. This was the best day of the week. This was, I mean, this, was the, this was the only fun case he's had in five years. I guess look at my docket. You know, okay, I got two serial killers, a rapist, Timmy Hardaway about appeals. Let's let's get on this. Push this one right to the front. Kidnapping. <laughs> Ooh, a fun one. It's so rare that I get lunch break. It's so rare that I get to make positive news that people are going to enjoy. Let's get on this let's push this push the rest of my day back so that's what happened they play him and you kind of they realize pretty quickly okay we may have gotten caught up in a moment here the nca is not to be messed with here we're going to get in trouble let's go ahead we're, we're, we're benching james wiseman until we hear from the nca until we go through this process and then james wiseman of course says this is the stupidest thing i've ever been a part of in my entire life guess what i'm just not going to play college basketball and i'm going to be a millionaire in five months anyway so boom, I'm gone. He gets drafted by the Warriors. He's he's in the NBA now. I don't feel like they benched him. Did he just get hurt? Right? No, he quit. I thought he was hurt. You're thinking of Amani Bates last year. No, well, no, I'm thinking of why. Well, first Wiseman's been hurt since he got drafted by the Warriors. As Wiseman, well. Wiseman just quit. Wiseman was. Like, I always I'm, thought he was injured. No. I thought he got hurt for some no, reason. No, he was he was done because Gary Parish wrote a million columns about him just quitting on the team and. The reality was, I was like, I don't blame James Wiseman. Like, why would you want to put up with this headache? But didn't he get hurt at the beginning of the year when, the, when he was still quote? Okay, well, I'm not. Okay. He only played two games. Yeah, I knew that, but because I, 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 he's been hurt since he's been in the NBA every day, pretty much. He's only he's played, I think, half a season in three years. Yeah, he just, he left. And he left before, I think, they even got to December. He stayed on the team no, for I a knew, while. Yeah, I knew, I knew he left. I just thought he was, yeah, I just was confused, I guess. So, the other thing, Memphis gets caught, like, 
they basically like clearing hard drives for records about Penny Hardaway helping out James Wiseman, helping out his family. I watched Argo the other day, kind of like when they're clearing out the embassy. Argo's a great movie. I yeah, it was, it was good. You're I told right. you'd like yeah, it. You nailed it, yeah. So they, they have four level one violations, two level two violations, according to the NCAA's Committee on Infractions. That's what they charged Memphis with. Less, less than the death penalty got from SMU. Yes. For comparison's sake, Louisville has currently one level one violation. The IARP looks at all this. They respond today with their punishment, which is... Can I guess? Sure. Because uh, I have not looked at this. They have four level one violations. Four level one violations. Penny Hardaway himself was charged with uh, directly with a couple of uh, level one violations. I'm going to say I'm torn between what they should get and what they'll probably get. Well, what they probably get is more interesting here. Okay, I'm going to go one year ban Penny with a one year suspension. Memphis was charged with a $5,000 fine, which is hilarious. <laughs> Five grand, that's it? In addition to, that's it? In addition to 0.25% of its average men's basketball budget. That's less than you get for littering on the highway. The program will be on probation until September of 2025. And they vacated the two wins and all James Wiseman-related stats from the three games that he played during the season. Oh, that's that, it. That's, kinda that's wait, it. Wait a minute. That's it. Probation is not, not postseason. There is no postseason ban for Memphis. Penny Hardaway himself was not directly assessed any penalties. And at the end of the day... The IARP came and found we're, no. We're screwed. They found no level one violations. We're, get, we're getting like three-year penalty. Hold on. They, they found, I believe, I think it was four, seven total violations, four level twos, and three level threes. And because Trevor was confused the last time, level one is the worst. Are we, are we, we're, we're all in agreement there. We're all on the same page now. Level one is the worst. Got yes, it? Yes, yeah. Okay. The IARP found none. So this is interesting that the NCAA Committee on Infractions was like, he did this, this, and this, and the IRP, potentially good news for Louisville, looked into it, and they were like, no, no, we, we didn't find any of this. Those and the reason news. the reason why they found Penny Hardaway not, if you want to use that, I hate using legal terms for NCAA cases, because I feel like we have to, to always say this, Sorry. this is not a legal matter. These are NCAA rules. So you can to judge. Yeah, Penny Hardaway, well, <laughs> that, was a, that was a legal matter. Yeah. Fighting back against the NCAA is Penny Hardaway giving money or helping out a kid, any coach giving money to a kid, is not illegal. It's just against NCAA rules. No. But Penny Hardaway was not directly assessed any penalties, in large part because the IRP went back and they looked at Penny Hardaway, his philanthropic efforts in Memphis dating back to 2008. Like he's been helping out a lot of kids over a long time, dating back to his AAU days, dating back to his high school days, and he just so happened to help this kid along the way who wound up playing for him at Memphis. That was what Sweet. they found. Kind of the, end, the North Carolina deal where it's like, they helped average kids too. Average kids benefited, so we can't punish you for this thing uh, that involved a kid or kids who were not average, who were members of the basketball. Oh, program. on that matter, I mean, Andre McGee was just trying to help young women get to junior college. If we just had average kids at those stripper parties, I've been saying it for. We had average players. If we, <laughs> just, if we had just taken a you know a couple of Joe blows from intro. No, to we were just doing charity work. We were just trying to help some young ladies get through. You know, to go get their GD or whatever. I, we're making jokes like that would be a legit argument that U of L could have had. Because those were the improper benefits that the basketball players Opposed received. to trying to arguing the rule of law by the NCAA's own guidebooks that they ignored when they punished us? Yes. Oh, we okay. would have been better served being like Joe Francis from uh, from Montrez Harrell's <laughs> intro to theater class was also at this party. Wasn't Joe Francis the guy that ran Girls Gone Wild? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. Stay on topic here. <laughs> yeah, but just the, the scenario that you mentioned his name involving the minorities. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think that was his name. I thought it was. 
Because they, they ran a documentary on him. Like it was that. Joe Franco. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they they kept doing this, like, TBS has been doing these, like, like right, true story behind Quick something. Quick deviation. Yeah, we got to stay focused. This here. worries me, though. Okay, let me know why. Because this is the same thing I saw with North Carolina and I saw with kind of Miami, is that I felt more at ease when I saw the NCAA not punish teams that committed way more crimes than we did. And what happened? We still got punished. We got punished and more than we probably deserved, especially by comparison. We're getting screwed here. My stance has not changed. My, we're going to get screwed here. We're going to at least get the minimum one year. We might now get two because apparently everyone gets gets off on everything except for us. Now, here's the before, – before I get to my the thoughts on that. The world's out to get us a swear. <clears throat> before I, I get to my thoughts on that, the, the IARP has remained consistent in its messaging for the last year. Like the last oh, – a year ago before they even held out – handed out their punishment to NC State, before they even got done with their initial hearings, they came out and they said – what we don't want to do is punish people who had nothing to do with these transgressions that took place, right? We want to we want to punish the bad actors. We want to punish the institutions to a certain degree. We don't want to punish kids, coaches, administrators, et cetera, who had nothing to do with what happened. And that's easy to say when you're you know, a half decade removed from the actual things that took place. Wow. <laughs> but they've been saying it. And like Mark Emmert, who has never taken that stance before, echoed that sentiment a month later, saying, like, we don't want to punish people who had nothing to do with this. So you're like, okay, prove it. Well, NC State skates. Nothing. Yeah. Memphis now, with far more significant charges than what NC State was dealing with, was they skate. And the the the, the guy, uh, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Frazier, who was the kind of the spokesperson for the IRP in this case, talking about it, talking about Memphis and saying, you know, why wouldn't you impose a postseason ban or something, you know, Penny Hardaway season long suspension, something like that? He said our intention was to impact those with greater culpability. The panel was intentional in not prescribing penalties that would have had an impact on current student-athletes. Kind of the same thing that was said after NC State. So, if you want to feel optimistic, and I will t- I'm Team Trevor on this. I've been saying this for years. If you want to get your hopes up, fine. I'll never tell you how to fan. I just don't know why you would do this to yourself. I'm expecting the worst, and if it, we don't get the worst, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But if you want to get your hopes up, you can now look at three different times the IRP has come out and being like, we don't want to we're not going to punish kids that had nothing, nothing to do with this. They're saying it again now after Memphis, which, by the way, if you're looking for a big difference between the Louisville case and the Memphis case, I know there are other ones that don't impact every UK fan. It's like, Louisville was on probation. It was different. Louisville was on probation. It was on different. I got 75 UK fans in my man. We all know, Kentucky <laughs> fans, we all know. But the other thing that is different about Louisville's case and Memphis's case is Memphis didn't get rid of its head coach. They got rid of nobody. James Wiseman left on his own accord. They didn't suspend him for the season. They didn't get, kick off any, you know, ADs. They didn't kick off Penny Hardaway. They didn't do anything. Louisville has nobody in place. In fact, the two infractions that happened under Chris Mack, which are now somehow rolled into our thing from 2017, those guys are gone too. Chris Mack, gone. Dino Gaudio, gone. Vince Tyre, gone. We have changed. We've had three different head coaches since this whole thing got started. We're on our third AD. We, we still don't have president. a president. Yeah. We still don't have our, our fourth president or whatever. Like we we have <laughs> we have gotten rid of everybody two times over. So if you're looking for a, a big difference there, if you're not trying to punish anybody who had anything to do with this, we got nobody who even knows what was going on back then in our current athletic program. So that should <laughs> except for Malik, Malik, <laughs> Williams or Cunningham or both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should keyword should be a good thing for Louisville whenever they hear from the IRP. And if you're talking about timeline, 
Louisville's hearing with the IRP was 10 days before Memphis's, which means we should be finding out something in the relatively near future. Now, let me ask you this, because what I just said, we had our hearing before theirs. They get their ruling before ours. The, The pessimist in me says, the NCAA viewed that, or the IRP viewed that as an easier to, to you know, digest, to rule on case. That leads me to believe that we may be dealing with a more severe punishment because if they're taking longer time, you know, there are more facts out here, there are more details here. They don't see it as, as cut and dry as the Memphis deal, for whatever reason. Does that worry you at all a little bit that we had our hearing before them, and yet we're getting our punishment after them? It doesn't add to the worry that I already have, and for, whatever, and for the reasons I already told you. I mean, you can stack it on, but... I mean, it does baffle me that, that somehow Memphis, who got hit with these punishments like six months ago, have already gotten everything handed down to him, and we're in year six of ours, and we've yet to hear anything. So, I mean, that's that, and also just kind of, again, this is NCAA, IARP, it doesn't matter. You're, they're going to constantly contradict themselves by, we're not going to punish the people who weren't there and, and punish the ones who were. Penny Hardaway was there, still there, and gets no punishment except for a five grand. Fine, he probably has lost in his couch somewhere. It is, it, it, yeah. The five grand, fan, the five grand fine is hilarious. It's I mean, just, you can find ten grand just for for littering or speeding to a work zone. You may as well tell him like you need to write letters to the AAU coaches that you <laughs> defrauded. Like it, it's it, the biggest nothing punishment. Five grand, okay. That's like was it like three season ticket sales? I think you get more than that for wearing your socks at the wrong length in the NFL. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> Memphis is not. They will. I'm sure they will deal with this financial blow accordingly. But, but how can you sit there and one side, one side of your mouth say, we'll only punish the ones who committed the crimes that are still there. And the other side of your mouth go, oh, well, but Penny, you're you're good. We're not going to punish well, you. Well, their explanation is the one that I gave you. They said he's been doing the same thing with James Wiseman that he'd been doing since 2008. He'd been doing it with other kids <laughs> in the Memphis area. I mean, you can laugh. Like, that's what they said. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, it's, who, who was, was it? Jordan? He's been doing that for years. Well, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Fair is an issue for us because he hadn't been. We he had shady background, and we took him on anyway at a time when we were already on probation. Which is that, that's our biggest issue is being on probation and not doing. Well, I thought things. having a past history re- relieved you from being in trouble for being caught doing it in the current. Well, if it was a good thing. Well, well that's like we're, I, I don't know what objective. I don't know what philanthropy Jordan Fair was engaged in. But hey, it wasn't happening in that Las Vegas hotel room. Putting the Bowen family, give, putting rent in, in their in their hand. Well, that was Kenny Johnson. Oh yeah, my bad. Which is another issue for us. I get, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it's hard to keep track of what assistants of ours are in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I particularly know because I keep saying like there was a guy I mentioned to who was like, yeah, Louisville, of course, like they were committing this on while they were already on probation. That's the definition of lack of institutional control. It bears mentioning Louisville is not being charged with lack of institutional control. I don't think that is a definition, by the way. It's well, it, there's no technical definition. It's a okay. it's a broad broad title. It's also not a word. It's a phrase. But lack of institutional control <laughs> is not something that Louisville was charged with. They skirted that charge when the NCAA originally handed down their notice of allegations. Kansas, on the other hand, has been hit with lack of institutional control. So, like, Louisville, I, I feel like we have the most infamous case of, of all these, on one hand, because we were dealing with the Katina Powell stuff as well, and I think people kind of view these two cases as together. But if you're looking at just the FBI stuff, our case is, and I'm not, I know I'm saying this as a fan, our case is far less significant than the one that Kansas is dealing with, than the one that LSU is dealing with, and honestly, than the one that Memphis was dealing with. And I know that wasn't an FBI case, but still, they played a kid who the NCAA had outright told them was ineligible. There was no, you, you know, you can't claim ignorance here. The NCAA said, this kid's ineligible, you can't play him, and Memphis played him anyway. And then they got caught covering up evidence. 
And yet and still, here they are. They're going to reap basically no negative ramifications from this. I know they haven't. They weren't as good as they were supposed to be last year, but they still were supposed to be a damn good team. They're supposed to be better moving forward. They haven't been impacted in recruiting at all. Like this whole James Wiseman deal, if anything, it was a net positive for them. Like they got more attention for having this kid than they would have if they hadn't got him. And they basically had no negative like repercussions. They are skating. Louisville, if you look at their case from just a strictly one level one uh, violation, I think four level two violations, Louisville should be getting a similar punishment. The difference, the major difference, and it's not small, I'm not trying to just gloss over it, UK fans, is that Louisville is a repeat offender here. They were on probation when these uh, alleged things took place. If you're looking for a reason why Louisville might get even more leniency than, than people are, are taking into account, the IRP very clearly listened to Memphis's argument and strayed completely from what the NCAA Committee on Infractions said. Because they said no level one violations. Louisville's big argument, and Kansas's big argument as well in all this, is the Adidas representatives who were involved in all this, TJ Gasnola, uh, all those guys, they have no affiliation with our university. When they're acting, they're acting for Adidas. They're not acting for Louisville. The NCAA's argument has been, by definition, those people are boosters. If the IARP is willing to look at the facts of the Memphis case and differ from the NCAA, if they look at this in these two cases and say, there's no way you can possibly call these guys boosters for your school, especially when a federal court said that they defrauded these, these universities, then, I mean, Louisville and Kansas are going to skate. I don't think that's going to happen, but that will be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. If the IRP is so willing to divulge itself to defer from, to differ from the NCAA Committee on Infractions to say, we're not buying your base argument, that's great news for Louisville. I'm with you, though, in the long, until I actually see it. I'm going to believe that we're going to get at least one year of a postseason ban. I'm going to believe that we're going to have to, I don't know, do a shame walk naked down you know, across the four street bridge or something like that. I, I think they're going to like purposely like, like point me out and be like, you have to cut off your, your testicles with a butter knife. Like this is, I'm expecting the worst. And if we don't get the worst, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'm, I am refusing in the face of tangible evidence, to the contrary, I am refusing to get my hopes up because you know why I'm a Louisville fan and I've been dealing with this for eight years and I know better. Two things. One, did you know that Bob was a body double for Seriously when she did the naked walk? You look great. <laughs> that, that wasn't me. I, was, I wasn't the body double. I'm just saying she had a body double. Oh, I thought you said, did you know I was the body double? No, no, I did no, know, no. I did know that she had a body yeah, double. Yeah, she had yeah. a body double when she did that. It wasn't actually her body. Uh, <laughs> that's random, but I, I was more confident until I, until I saw Memphis just because... <laughs> I mean, Somebody's head's got to roll. It's going to be ours. It's going to be ours. I mean, it, again, I point out like with North Carolina, Miami, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, we constantly, they just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we just, we pissed off the NCAA because we didn't invite them. We didn't show up to their, you know, their, their, uh, their, their America's Got Talent party or something. And we didn't, why we didn't get our picture on a mug and now they hate us and they're giving us bad reviews. And I, I, I don't I don't know why, but and maybe I should think differently because it's the is the IAARP or whatever, and not the NCAA. But I just I feel every time everyone else skates, we fall through the ice. The only thing that makes me because I, I'm with you again, like I will, I'm going to be pessimistic until I'm given a reason not to be, at least when it comes to this. But the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better now than than say 2016 when we were last fighting the NCAA is that this time we're actually fighting the NCAA. The last time we were working hand-in-hand hand with them, we were, you know, being buddy-buddy. We were 
you know, giving them the evidence they needed. We were, you know, coming to them first before the news broke. We were, we were doing what you're supposed to do. And we got raked over the coals because of it. And this time, we are fighting tooth and nail. We are paying Nilkatile, like the old Obama lawyer, we're paying him like a billion dollars to basically keep us out of the NCAA crosshairs. Like, like Josh Hurd is doing everything he can. We are doing the nobody talks, everybody walks, which is the, the, one of the three things that I remember from law school. They don't actually teach you that, but I remember hearing it from attorneys. What was the phrase? Nobody talks, everybody walks. Oh, yeah. Admit to nothing. Stitches fight, stitches. Fight everything. We are at least going down that road. And if we go down, we're going down swinging. It's called the North Carolina defense in the NCAA's eyes. And you know who's allowed this to be a thing? The NCAA. Because for the, the last five years, they have punished every school that has been doing what they're supposed to do, like being forthcoming, being open and honest, you know, giving themselves up to the NCAA. They destroyed Notre Dame for it. They destroyed us for it. And every school that has fought with attorneys and said, we're not telling you anything. We're not giving you anything. We're objecting to everything that you allege against us has basically walked free. The NCAA opened this own door. If they didn't want this to happen, they should have, according to their own bylaws, used schools working with them as mitigating factors. And I've made this point a million times before, but we argued that in our appeal. We said, you know, your own bylaws say, because we did this, this, and this, we should have had a lesser punishment because those were mitigating factors. And the NCAA responded and said, you're right. That Our bylaws do say that. You guys were great about that. We should have punished you less because of that. Good argument. We're changing nothing about it, your punishment. They were the, the, the judge and my cousin Benny. Exactly. And he's like, they, he's like they that was an intelligent nothing. argument. Overruled. Which is why everybody's like, well, you know you can't appeal with the IRP. We made a great appeal last time and it changed nothing. Who cares if we don't get an appeal? It did nothing for us. Um, but th- this is... They should boycott me. If they ban us from the tournament and we have a good enough break, we should show up. They, they storm the court. We're playing. We're just going to walk out of the court. We're playing. Guys, you can't be here. Make us leave. Bring security down here. Bring our own opponent. <laughs> Bellerman, a, Bellerman's with us. We do a sit-in on the midcourt. <laughs> this is a playing game, Louisville versus Bellerman. You won't let them play. You won't let us play. We're playing. We're playing. <laughs> Put it on CBS right now. Put it on Bally's. They'll show anything. My, my big – to sum up everything right now, if we weren't Louisville, if we hadn't experienced all that we've experienced with over the last – I mean, it feels like 50 years. It's been, what, seven with the NCAA. I think that there would be – realistic reasons for optimism here. Everything that we've seen from the NCAA and the IRP over the last few months has been good news on our front. Having said that, I feel no optimism because I've experienced these seven or eight years. I've tried to figure out what the NCAA is going to do. The last time I did this, looking at precedent, looking at what they'd done in cases that were somewhat similar to Louisville's, I said, we're, we're you know, the one-year postseason ban that we self-imposed is going to suffice. There's no way they're going to take the banner. There's no way they're going to vacate all those wins because that would be silly. And they did all those things. I'm not going to try to guess what the NCAA is going to do. I would not be shocked at all if our punishment is the only one out of the IRP that comes off as like a little bit over the top to the rest of the country. We are an easy target. The NCAA, I know the IRP is not technically the NCAA, but it's still an offshoot, doesn't want to come off as completely incompetent and weak. They could be like, hey, at least, late for that. at least we didn't let Louisville go. I do think the tide has changed a little bit, though, and I, I keep talking myself into, like, all the evidence points towards Louisville getting less of a punishment than we've been anticipating this entire time. Because the NCAA, if they had ruled two years ago, I think everybody with this case still fresh in everybody's minds would have been like, we want blood, we want blood, we want blood. Kansas ban, LSU ban, Louisville ban, NC State ban, Arizona ban, wiretaps, all that stuff. 
it's been five and a half years now. Uh, most of those coaches, hell, I mean, half of the coaches that we're talking about have been fired and are at their new jobs now. Rick Pitino's going into his third year at Iona, and that's not his first job after being yeah, fired from not Louisville. not including a stop in Greece. Sean Miller's back at Xavier now. Like, like, like all these coaches have gone, and he coached two seasons in Arizona after this whole thing broke. He didn't lose his job immediately. Like, all this is so old hat to everybody. I think the NCAA has become less popular than schools that have been breaking the rules. I, I think you have the, the court of public opinion now is kind of on the, like, let's just let these schools walk. Like, what are we doing here? Like, let, let them play at this point. Those guys have been playing in the NBA for five years now. This is stupid. Let's just move on. Whereas, like, three years ago, maybe even two years ago, people were, were like, Kansas has to fall. Like, LSU's got to fall. Louisville's got to fall. You, you know, we can't let them just, just skate free. You're going to have rival fans. Like, UK fans will still be saying that, obviously. People who hate Kansas are still going to be saying that. But for the most part, the general college basketball fan is like, they hate the NCAA way more than the quote-unquote wrongdoers. Especially now that all the stuff that we're talking about is by the book now. It's legal. It's a, it is a different day than it was as recently as two years ago. And I think that it's less likely that the NCAA and the IRP just kind of go for blood to try to win some you know, fan points than it was if they had just got on with this whole thing back in like 2019 or 2020. I concur. But I still don't feel optimistic because I don't. I don't either. I don't because I, I again I would have felt if they had just hit Memphis with what they probably deserved to get for what they were charged with, I'd have felt a lot better about Louisville. Well, I still feel better about it. The fact that they skated than I would have if they'd gotten like a no. The fact they skated means they're just going to take it all out on us now. But but again, that's like not. I have the same view, but it's not a realistic view. Like that's that's just us being overly yeah, pessimistic. Yeah, but the NCAA's not realistic. Exactly. That's why I have to have a view. I can't think. I can't use rhyme and reason for my thinking of exactly. what they're going to do because they don't use rhyme and reason. But if you were using rhyme and reason, and Memphis got hit with the postseason ban, you would have said, "Oh, if they're getting hit with the postseason ban, we're probably getting hit with the postseason ban." This at least gives us like a, an opportunity to say, if they didn't. I mean, well, no, I would think maybe that would give me a better – if they get hit with a postseason ban off of four level ones, our one level one might not get us anything with that. But they had four level ones and they didn't get anything. Wouldn't that be better news than, than getting a postseason ban? With it would if I trusted the NCAA <laughs> for not being a complete – or IRP or whoever and that's what for I'm not saying. being completely incompetent. All of our lack of faith is by – if you're looking at the, the facts in front of us, is irrational. But – we have the right to be irrational because of what we've experienced over we've the last We've dealt with years. irrational people. But I still would rather be in this position now than like having looked at like NC State with the postseason ban, LSU coming up, and they're going to get destroyed, Memphis getting destroyed, because then I would just assume that we're definitely going to get destroyed. At least now, there's a little bit of hope out there. Who's but still also waiting? Kansas? Kansas, uh, Zona still has theirs. LSU still has theirs. Did Auburn get theirs? Yeah. Auburn skated. They got nothing. Yeah, because they, well, they, they gave themselves the one-year ban, didn't they? And that they? was the NCAA. They did, they did not go the IRP yeah. route. Yeah, they gave themselves the one-year ban in the middle of the season when it was obvious they weren't any good. Well, then somebody was probably like, oh, Bruce again. Uh, just, you know what? Just Bruce knows what he's doing, let man. They were just like, you know what? We've dealt with him enough. Just do what you want to do. And Bruce Pearl looks at the NCAA like people look at like hall monitors. He, takes, he doesn't take them seriously. Nor should he. I mean, why him. would he? Yeah. He's fallen up his whole life. The NCAA is now the rent, is like the neighborhood cop of, 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 the, of the securities. It's like, I mean, we got him a $2 billion contract. <laughs> He's doing fine for himself. All right, we have to take a break. We talked way too long there. We'll come back. Fine. Uh, we'll take some text. In the second hour, we'll get to the Scott Satterfield press conference and have a couple of, of football notes. But we want to hear your reaction on the Thornton sex line at 502 414 1450. We'll do that up next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on the Big X.
I like where I like where we are on this Tuesday afternoon. It's the TV Tuesday. What was the first song? That was some actually from the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. You got Goldbergs in the mind today. A little, little, little mixing it around. Well, the Goldbergs theme song is only like twenty seconds long because it's just a clip it of a you know a regular song. So I just thought I'd use it as the outro because it, it would play quicker. I've forgotten to get mad at you about this. And I, I meant to bring it up yesterday. Cause <laughs> no, Mary, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Mary was like, you need to let Trevor know about it. that. The birthday present that you got for Virginia, it's all she plays with now. It is a <laughs> microphone and a book of songs from Peppa Pig. It's all she does. She calls it her, her, her cousin Audrey has this big nursery rhyme book that she brings over all the time. And, you know, I mean, kids are just... They want whatever the other one has. Of course. And so she calls that book her nursery rhyme book. And she just, she sings, hey, diddle, diddle. It's not even like the right song. She'll turn to the page and I don't she'll even be know like. What songs are in that book. It's like, I don't even it's, know. There's some of them are, are Peppa specific, but then there's also like Twinkle, Twinkle, and there's hey, diddle, diddle, and like uh, Jingle many Bells. songs in there. are in that thing? But like, she's just, she'll make up songs oh, well, and like open yeah. it and sing into the microphone the entire time. She, all she wants to do is sing. She's just, everything becomes a song. We took her to Home Depot on Sunday because we had to pick up a couple quick things. And, of course, we're walking in, and she's like, do they have toys at this store? And we're like, no, they don't. And she walks in, and she's like, sometimes we shop at stores with toys. Sometimes we go to stores with no toys. I'm like, oh, my God. It's absolutely my daughter. But she will not stop playing with this this microphone and song, and we all kind of hate you in the house. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Second year in I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to get under Mary's skin. I was just going for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you got us both. The, 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 I think it was like the second day she had it. You sent me that video. You were trying to watch the Louisville game, and she's just like, oh, and, oh, oh. and you just you just pan the, the the camera over to her singing. You pan back to the game, and then like it's back like Malik to her running for a touchdown. Yeah, too. <laughs> it was captain was I hate you. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a lot. It was, it was a lot going on. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. We spent the first segment there talking about the Memphis IARP ruling, what it might mean for Louisville, what it might not mean for Louisville. It should be good news, but, of course, we're all jaded at this point, deservedly so. Yeah, we don't uh, trust anybody. Uh, 502-414-1450. Texture says, TK's blind spot, by the way. It's not the English language. It's salads. But you're aware of what salads <laughs> I'm a, but, but, are. Yeah, that's, again, I know what salads are. This annoys me. I feel like my blind spot is my blind spot. You, get, you can't like, know what your blind yeah, spot is. Yeah, I know. That's what's just, just Like, I had no idea what Spencer's it, existed this it, time yesterday. And it irritates me. I, I don't know what my blind spot is. I want to know. I want to hear that glass ceiling break. I want to know what it is. We'll find out at some point. I mean. <laughs> we'll get there. You'll have your Spencer's moment. Maybe you hypnotize me. I can tell you. I can find out. <laughs> Maybe it was that the word was uh, pastel and not pastel. What would you think it was? Pascal? It's Pascal. It's Pastel. I still don't believe you. You can Google it. The answer is <laughs> You can't argue these things. Uh, Texas. Oh, don't contraire. Texas, based on what Memphis got, we should be rewarded by the NCAA. What if they give yes. us the banner back? Here's the banner and an apology. They give us half the money they got from Memphis. Here's twenty five hundred. The, the IP is like you. Yeah, you get you get the five grand and the twenty thirteen banner is going back up. You have to put it up or you get a postseason ban. We're like, okay, that's such a weird number. I feel like there was there's something behind that five grand. Like they were sitting around going, hey, how much more we need to go on the uh, the trip to the? Uh, well, uh, I, I think it's the, the Bahamas number. next year for the group. Five grand short, Jim. 
I think tack it on to Memphis. Well, I, I think it's the number that Hardaway was accused of helping Wiseman out with oh, when, he, when okay. he was in high school, when All he was like a fourteen-year-old kid. Uh, I think that's what it was. But it's still it's it's just hilarious to be in there. It's like five thousand dollars. Like, well, it's a pretty high-profile basketball program. I think they can. I think they can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Texas FBI, we've got your playbook. Five minutes later, wait, what sport is this? <laughs> I don't think anybody involved in the FBI investigation knew anything about college basketball. And you you kind of realize, like, when they – the reason why we got roped into all this, if you watch the um, the Scheme documentary on HBO, which is based on the book by that uh, the guy who's now back to being an agent, he was like – I didn't take long, did it? Yeah, he was like, when the FBI was getting involved, in this, they were ready to like kind of go forward with just LSU and Arizona and Kansas. And then they found out that, like, they had a coach on Jordan Fair, like, stumbles into the Las Vegas room – and they're like, we want to get Rick Pitino. Because like, it, it, it's made it sound like the FBI investigators were like, ooh, I've heard of that guy. Let's rope him in here. And they didn't care about getting Louisville at all if they couldn't get Rick he Pitino. He was on blue chips. They tried so <laughs> hard to get that case on Rick Pitino. And that's basically the whole – if we had a less well-known coach, if it was Kenny Payne right now, all due respect to Kenny Payne, but he's not as well-known to the average American citizen as Rick Pitino was five years ago, I don't think we would have gotten in any sort of trouble whatsoever. Because they wa- like they were doing all they could. And he's like, they keep talking to me. They're like, we got to get us Patino. You got to get us Patino. And that's the only reason we got roped into this. Like, these people, I don't think, knew anything about college basketball outside of, like, I've heard of that guy. Let's get him involved. It'll be a slam dunk. That's how, that's how Larry Brown got in trouble. Yeah. Like, we know him. He's to say, hey, RP's all from, like, the 80s. Name sounds familiar. They're like me. They're like, get him on tape. They, they quit watching basketball in 1989. So they yeah. after that. They had that big, there's a lot of boomer <laughs> energy in that FBI investigation. <laughs> Texture says, um, Master P and Mike Epps at Red Rocks Amphitheater for October 20th has been canceled. The vibes are now off for this week. Oh, no. That's the week of October 26th. That's the one that canceled. So that would be the, damn it, that's the Wake Forest game. Is that a, what, what are you planning on, like, were you going to go to the concert and not the Wake Forest No, game? I'm saying, like, the vibes are going to be off the Wake Forest game now. Mike Epps, probably, he's a, was he going to do a stand-up routine and then Master P was going to rap? I guess, yeah. Or just Mike Epps? It'd be a lot funnier if it was the opposite. I mean, Master P doing stand-up, Mike Epps doing some rapping. I mean, does Mike Epps rap? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. I mean. I don't know. They're, they sold out Red Rocks. Now the vibes are off. I don't like that. That's not good news. Uh, Texas says, was the Memphis IARP hearing before Louisville's, if we follow the same timeline as Memphis, how soon would it be for us to find out the punishment? No, it, they were 10 days after us. Exactly 10 days after us. Which I kind of said makes me feel a little bit uneasy that they got their ruling before ours, but it also it leads me to believe that we should—I keep having to say should—operative word should be finding out our ruling from the IRP in the like very near future, right? Like you think like next week, two weeks from now? Well, I mean, twenty twenty-seven. Who the Memphis hell knows? Got ten days after. I mean, it's been less than six months since Memphis. They got Memphis's hearing, right? Well, it was 10 days after ours. Ours just, it was 100 days today. It's been 100 days today since our hearing. So theirs was, they got their ruling 90 days after their hearing. So it's been three months. Yeah. <laughs> I give credit. Instability never gave a sanction down in three months. They're going to wait until the worst possible moment. It's going to be like, if we have a bad November this season. Oh, we're going to get it to like the morning of the UBLUK game. We're going to go. Like, <laughs> like an hour before tip-off. If we're we, going to announce that we're, we're on a, basically a postseason ban. If we lose like App State before Maui, it's going to be the next day where they're like, postseason ban. But for 2024, like this year's team, good to go. <laughs> they're going to announce it when DJ Wagner's on campus for a visit. Uh, we do have a text that leads me to this next text about, did you see the Instagram stories of DJ Wagner? 
Uh, yeah, and also Isaiah Bradshaw. I know Aaron he, Bradshaw. He said a date, I right? Isaiah. Aaron Bradshaw will commit on. That was I think Ahmad. It's Aaron. I always say Isaiah for some reason. You always say Ahmad. His name is Aaron. <laughs> Uh, he's going to announce his commitment on, I think, November 16th. So it'll be mid- – it's November 16th or 19th. I, I can't remember. That's like that's, – that's a while away. Both, anyway, the, the text is about both players last night on their Instagram story reposted the U.K. basketball post from that night. And people were like, I don't like this. Like, what's going on? It was a the, – the post from the U.K. basketball Instagram account was about Kareem Watkins, a player on their team this year, who played with them in New Jersey. Like, he's, okay. from, he's from Camden. That's all that was. Can you say, like, does it still make you a little bit uneasy that they're posting U.K. stuff? Of course. But I think they would do – like, this is their guy. They play with him. They're friends. I think they'd be doing the same thing if he was, like, you know, on a Buffalo University post. <laughs> University of Buffalo. Yeah, it's UB. Uh, if, if it was, like, any other school, I think they'd still be doing the same thing. But, of course, Louisville fans, Kentucky fans are going to take that and run with it, and that happened a little bit last night, which is of not Of course. Good. So we do a social media post. And that has been your DJ Wagner update of the day. I didn't get any music. We didn't do the music. No. We didn't do the music. Um, all right. We it caught was, me off guard with it. I know. Short segment because we talked so so long in the opening segment. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two. We'll take a couple more texts on this uh, this Memphis stuff and everything else that you have to talk about. And then we'll get into the Scott Satterfield press conference today. A couple of injury updates. A couple of uh, freshmen who are going to play, who's not going to play updates. We'll get into that. Who, uh, who did Bryce Brown pass the buck to this week? Brian. Brian. <laughs> We'll talk about what Brian Brown said. Before we do any of that, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems this fall, this winter, only one place to go. It's AirServe. Go to AirServe.com slash Louisville, slash Louisville for more information. The best thing about AirServe, they have technicians available 24-7. doesn't matter when you have a problem with your heating or air conditioning system. They're going to have somebody available to come out to your pl- your home or your place of business, check it out, and fix that problem. Call them directly at 502-264-9662, 502-264-9662. AirServe, your Louisville area home team. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. She's a small wonder, and she'll make what your heart free. What is this? It's the theme song from the show, Small Wonder. It's another blind spot. I've never heard this song in my life. I mean, this is like more excusable than Spencer's, but I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was a show about a family who had a daughter that was a robot. Her name was Vicky. And she was just a robot. <laughs> but they didn't want anybody to know she's a robot because I think I, I forget, like, they would, the government would take her. And so it's like, <laughs> she just walks around and does, like, robotic things. <laughs> hey, can't say there's a lot of drugs in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, every time I want to, like, I'm describing stuff in the 80s to somebody and the look you give me, I just want to, like, send them the, the uh, Rick James from uh, the Rick James from uh, Chappelle show skit where he's like, 
Cocaine was a hell of a drug. <laughs> I think the weirdest thing about 80s pop culture, which is saying something, whether it's TV or movies, is just the the presence of robots. That, like, if you watched, <laughs> if you knew nothing about Amer- like, like human civilization and you watched movies and TV shows from the 1980s, you'd be like, oh, were these robots, like, all over the place? No. I don't know why they existed in the TV world and the movie world. They were never in the real world. Well, it's a lot of times when... Screech had a robot. <laughs> well, so did Polly. They all had robots. I mean, there was the robot. You don't remember the little robot helper like Polly had? That was that was available. Well, yeah, I had like a... Was it the... Uh, uh, oh, what was the little robot that he played games on? 2XL, I think, was his name. I don't remember. I, 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 I know the little robot moved around. I never had it. Cause... But like they, these people had like life-size... I mean, Rocky, there was a robot. Like, they had, like, well, that's Polly. That's what yeah, I mentioned, like, yeah. They had like life-size robots that like moved around. No, but those robots didn't well, actually exist. the robot exist. wasn't life-size. It was a little thing that rode around on wheels. And Screeches. A lot. Well, Screeches was bigger. Was v- and very smart. And... Like, like con- had a, a conscience. Like, like he was very much alive. Like, was reacting to things. Had emotions. We never saw Screech's dad, did we? No. There's some story there. <laughs> I just don't know why Rachel would think. I know the mom's in the the one. The only episode she's in is the Elvis. Elvis one, yeah. Loves Elvis. Is the father of Screech the only parent we don't? Because we do see Lisa's dad. We do. Do we, we see, see her, the- her mom's the nurse? Do we, does the mom? Yeah, the mom does because they go to the hospital for when, something. When they're going to hack Zach, she's yeah. the she's the, uh, the the doctor there. Yeah, they're going to hack Zach. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't the name of the episode, by the way. No, the one episode <laughs> where Zach plays basketball and we yeah. never, never hear about it again. Yeah, well, remember don't forget the track episode too. <laughs> we hear we, we he was on every sports team, but only did it for one episode. Yeah, so but, we, not football though. No, that was Slater. Both Zach's parents we see. When would be, we see Slater's dad. When, I'm trying to think. Zach's mom. When was Zach's mom? Zach's mom's in a lot of them. She's in like the the, the are wedding. There, are they both in the Christmas episode? Right, where they're they bringing the homeless lot. family. Yeah, the mom definitely is. The dad's in other episodes. He's kind of like a a, a D. He's like a, you can tell he's like a rich guy. And dad. it's a different dad in the Indiana version too, because the dad in the Indiana version starts dating Mrs. Bliss. I don't, see. I, I don't even. It's not canon. You don't me. watch the middle school years? No, I, I skip over them. Okay, the middle school years are good. Have you ever heard the theory that like that's like say by the bell is a dream that like the good morning miss bliss zach is having because the only way it makes sense like he falls asleep in class and he just dreams the whole say by the bell universe where he can freeze time and he's living in california and he's the cool guy and well, he, why he, did mikey not go with him then maybe he secretly hated mikey and he replaced him with slater who's kind of got the same kind of hair but and way cooler a, 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 a better looking buffer version of mikey pretty Screech much Screech comes he's a guy that he can like boss around and make him do whatever he wants they replaced lisa's friend who's uh the cute little uh mousy burnett with with uh tiffany amber theason kelly who's his love interest yeah, now. yeah. he's hot everything's yeah. better for zach and in, in, at bayside that's true well then why did mr belding come along quirkiness he left milo behind a fun foil Milo was cool. Milo was kind of cool. <laughs> um, he had two teachers. We're like, we don't need any teachers anymore. Yeah. Except for Tuttle. 502. I love Mr. Tuttle. <laughs> Tuttle was great. <laughs> After we beat Northern Iowa in basketball in the NCAA tournament, I tweeted out, and that, Mr. Tuttle, is how you principal. And I was like, 20% of people reading this that follow me know what I'm talking about. If that, I'm still doing it for them. Tuttle was also. Remember us building his brother, too? Because Seth Tuttle was our best player. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. We'll take some more texts here. Uh, we're reacting, of course, to the Memphis news with the IARP. Memphis getting uh, essentially a slap on the wrist, if that, from the IARP. Are you getting your hopes up for Louisville? Uh, we'll talk a little football here later in where the hour. Where's that phone coming from? I don't know, but somebody's calling. Like, I'm looking around. It's not the one here. I don't know where it's – like, is there a phone hidden in here somewhere? I don't know. 
Are you screwing with me in the air? You're, you're losing it a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, y'all do hear that, right? Yeah. Okay, good. He's going to be like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, Texture says, the language they used about not punishing current innocent people should be grounds for a lawsuit than uh, if they punish – they should punish Rick, Mac, Gaudio, Kenny, Fair, TJ, and Vince. But if they punish L, it should be grounds for a lawsuit. Yeah, I mean, maybe. We haven't had a whole lot of success with our lawsuits. Although we did get a Luke Hancock banner out of it, right? Oh, man, we try to countersue them with Mike Morgan and Morgan. That'd be so hilarious. It'd be great. <laughs> this feels like a Dave Batista giving the thumbs up and thumbs down to Triple H meme. I, I can see that. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, I've, I've seen the GIF. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's sitting on his shoulder. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Texas, does Louisville put the banner back up the day they receive their ruling, or do they give it a day or two? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Within the next ten years, I said this a year ago. Banner's gonna be back up. It may be five years. So we're down to nine. <laughs> we're down to nine years. Within the next nine years, game's gonna be banner's gonna be back up. It'll happen. You revealed at a certain at a particular. I mean, that would be a hell of a blow. A sell out of a game. You reveal revealing the banner. Come Saturday, November eighteenth. Who'd be the meanest team to do it against? Oh, UK. Well, like, but UK wouldn't care. Like they've won That's championships. True. Like they would just be like, oh, this is Michigan, like Colorado State, who we beat in the second round. <laughs> it's like really. We're gonna, no, let's just schedule Michigan to come in and see it. <laughs> Wish I'll stay in here. Throw it right in their face. <laughs> Put Tim Henderson up there in the, in the Raptors <laughs> to drop it. And here's our special <laughs> Tim Henderson banner. He's like giving a thumbs up. <laughs> DX crotch chopping. <laughs> Texas Mike, Will Levis has played in nine SEC games and has thrown for 200-plus yards in just two of them. Does that scream NFL stud to you? 200 yards for a QB isn't even a big game. I, that the, the stats are irrelevant when it comes to the NFL. They, they, they're looking at the. I mean, you can. How many times can you point out a, a quarterback who had just eye popping stats and was not an NFL quarterback? He made because I, I didn't watch much of the UK Northern Illinois game. I turned it on when they were struggling a little bit, just like see. And right when I turned it on, he made two like fantastic yeah, throws. He's got. I mean, he can. The the first thing you need to do if you're going to ever have a chance playing NFL is you got to be able to throw the ball deep. He's he got can. a cannon. He's big. Like everybody now is looking for the next Josh Allen. Like that's going to be the new thing. And he's well, it's always been that way. It's but like really now, especially because Josh Allen was like you know people thought he's going to fail and now he's killing it. He's big dude who can move a little bit. He's got a gigantic arm. You can because he was not accurate at Wyoming. You can watch the tape. No. They've, they've been able to harness that into one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So now everybody's going to say. Is he, is he the most accurate quarterback in college football? No, but we can fix that, right? If you could fix Josh Allen, you can fix Will Levis's problems. Like, they're going to go after that type of guy, and it's why he's going to be drafted high. I just hope it's not for the, by the lines. I mean, you saw the little stretch where the NFL was, like, falling in love with the 5'11 quarterbacks. For a minute, Drew they, Brees. There are trends, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's more often than not, it's always going to go back to the six foot two and above. Strong arm, you know, doesn't have to be all Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson, but some mobility is obviously required. I think Kyler Murray's kind of starting to kill the the short quarterbacks, the, the love. You're killing the short guys, Kyler. You're <laughs> killing them. You're killing the spread for Kingsbury. Texas Kim Mulkey is just the worst. She really is. Yeah, what did she do? I saw her headlined again, and I just didn't even bother clicking on it. Well, you know, she coached Brittany Griner at Baylor. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, yeah, she is somebody Griner. Yeah, I mean, Brittany Griner basically made Kim Mulkey. Like, they were a kind of whatever program before Griner gets there. Then they have perfect seasons. They win two national titles. Like to beat by us in, in her got beat by us famously. Shoni yeah. Schimmel, you know, made her her be. Um, that was great. <laughs> but Kim Mulkey gets asked about. I was going to make a prison joke. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Kim Mulkey gets asked yesterday. It was LSU. You know, she's at LSU now. It was their preseason media day or whatever, and she gets asked about like you know you haven't said anything 
about Brittany, the Britney Griner situation. Like, and she's like, and I won't. I'm not going to say anything about it. Which just seems Why? like. I mean, even if you don't, even if your, your your stance is like she broke the law and she deserves to be. Like, this is somebody that you have a relationship with that is going through a, a terrible time. Like, is it so hard to just be like, clearly my thoughts are with Brittany. And I hope that she gets out. Like, this is your four, like, the best player you've ever coached is in a Russian prison. It's national news. And you're like, I'm not talking about this. It just seems so weird. Yeah, I'm not a big Kim. Kim She's the worst. Yeah. She's terrible. Should have been thrown out when she threw her jacket during the game anyway. She's just awful. There's a giant hissy fit on the sideline. Didn't even get a technical. I don't know how she didn't get teed up. I mean, how she was able to stay in the game is baffling still. I do like, too, like, now her former players are like, why would you go play for Kim Mulkey? Like, a couple of them <laughs> tweeted out yesterday. They're like, they're like, pay attention to what people are saying about you. And if you are, like, a big-time women's basketball recruit, especially one who looks like Brittany Griner, maybe, and you see Kim Mulkey saying this, why would you ever go to LSU as opposed to, like, Louisville or UConn or somewhere? I mean, Jeff Walls is always – Emily Angstler cried on her senior day because she talked about how her coach at Syracuse didn't have her back at all, and she comes here and she felt loved and respected and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, that's the best possible vote of confidence you can have in a head coach, and Jeff Walls clearly deserves that. And meanwhile, like, well, even if Walls like, didn't want to get into anything that's political because everything becomes political these days – you know that Walls would have to would, would be like, I love Brittany. Yeah, my, my thoughts are clearly with her. I'm just hoping for some sort of peaceful resolution. It's the it's the bare Not minimum very that you hard can say. To say yeah. It's the easiest thing in the world. I'm, I and you won't get me saying it. I'll answer the first part of your question. And I'll be honest, you don't even have to believe it. You just don't say, have to. Just say. I mean, you. I mean, obviously, I mean, she works at LSU, so morals is is irrelevant anyway. So I mean, why just say it? It takes so little effort to be like the bare minimum decent human being, and the bare minimum decent human being is is to say. I hope things work out well for her. You'd think you would do a little bit more for somebody who, again, made your career, is the greatest <laughs> player you're ever going to coach, won you your national championships. You'd think that you would go to bat for her a little bit more than that. But at the very least, you can say, my thoughts are with Brittany. I'm, I'm thinking about her. I hope this all works out for the best. And she couldn't even give her that, which is just, to me. She had 15 years, right? I mean, yeah, whatever it was. It's, I think it was something like and that, now they're yeah. working trying to, to do some sort of prisoner exchange again. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's a mess. But you think you would say, like, yeah, I, I hope she lives through this. I would yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see her back in America. <laughs> Is it so hard to be like, I hope she survives? Or, I, mean, it's just, or, I just watched Stranger Things, and I hope that she does. It's a lot easier for her than it was for Jim. <laughs> I mean, that, that should be a political statement to say, like, this human being that I have this relationship with, I hope she lives. I hope she's back, and I hope she's safe. And that's, that's all anybody was asking. It just they start ripping her for it. <laughs> God, I just I just don't get it. Uh, Texter says we are the NCAA scapegoat. Everyone looks down on us. Screw them all. It's Louisville against the world. <laughs> World's against us. I swear. <laughs> kind of feels like it sometimes. Texter says nomination for next year's Card Chronicle least cool person Chuck Smirt. If we hadn't listened to his worthless advice, we probably would have ad- avoided all the NCAA penalties that we've been hit with. I thought he's been already been nominated before. Oh, he was. He didn't win though, right? He did not win, but he was in the tournament a, a few years ago. Ryan Megan, who won this year? Uh, the NCAA committee. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was just the NCAA. Oh, it's the, the NCAA slash IRP yeah. for dragging their, their, their feet on this. <laughs> I was surprised. I thought we were going to get away from the NCAA, but no. This is the the third in the five years that we've been dealing with the NCAA. Or you some, think they're doing this to us because they've read your posts on Card They want Chronicle, more awards. And they're like, you know what? Screw this Rutherford guy. We're going to keep dragging our feet. We're going to keep screwing with them. <laughs> it's like the West Wing back in the day. They just wouldn't go off air. They wanted all the Emmys. They just wouldn't, wouldn't stop. 
They, in the five years we've been dealing with this, they've won three of the least cool person championships. It was the Committee on Infractions one time. It was the Appeals Committee another time. And this year it was just the NCAA slash the IR. Well, clearly they won a four, Pete. They're dominating. They won their four. This is like, you know, the, the anti-Scorsese. They're just reaping in the, the awards. <laughs> Texas says we're all dead inside. <laughs> we are. Texas says I'll take the blame. I was there during the parties. <laughs> I would, I would, if they would let me, I would say I was there. You know, we need to, well the party thing is done now. This this is the the FBI oh, idea. Yeah, yeah. But we should have. I mean, could we not have done like a Randolph Morris facts thing where it's like you know somebody just comes facts. forward and is like, or to take it back to the, the last week discussion, serial and Adnan, like his key witness came forward like ten years later and was like, oh by the way, I saw him in the library at the time. Like he's supposed to be killing her. Like that that's the key witness in all this. This person who just remembered. We needed somebody who was like, oh by the way, that I was, doesn't sound fishy. By the way, we needed somebody who was like, oh by the way, I was at those parties. I was there. Yeah, that was there. Andre McGee gave me five bucks to, you know, throw money at one of these women. And that was, I, I got all the same benefits as Montrez Harrell and Shane Bahannon. Yeah. You photoshopped me into a Put picture. Put the banner back up. You can photoshop me into a picture hanging out behind Montrez and, and, and Shane. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't a student. I look like <laughs> we need a student who got I the I feel benefit. like I look like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining when he's in the picture with everybody from 1914 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Turns out he was there the whole time. <laughs> he's got a grin on his face. <laughs> That's what my picture's going to look. I'm going to be right between Shane, I have him in my arm, put my arms like fakely around him. It's hilarious. <laughs> you could be a hero if you were a U of L student in 2012. You could have stepped up. You know what we would have done if you, you know, like. You Alex, have to be a student though, right? Well, you have to be a student because the, the average student has to get the same benefit as these players. That was how <laughs> UNC got off. Somebody get Trevor enrolled quickly. We need Alan Baker to step forward and be like, yeah, I was at those parties. I got money. And then you know what? When we put the banner back up. We put an Alan Baker banner up right next to it. Just him like smiling, giving a thumbs up. Boom. Well, asterisk at the bottom with his name on it. <laughs> For your service. For your service. I love to be explaining that to a little junior in 20 years. Hey, Dad, who's Alan Baker? Well, son. Let me sit down and tell you a story about the greatest <laughs> Louisvilleian who ever lived. By the man, yeah. The Joan of Arc of Louisville. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> It's a story of debauchery, a story of nakedness, a story ultimately of heroism. That's the grandpa sitting down to Fred Savage and uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> a story that will pull your heartstrings. Our story starts on a cold day in Brooklyn, New York. A young man named Sebastian Telfair is like, oh, he ruined the whole thing. He ruined it. Goes all the way to the top. <laughs> Texas, didn't we decide a couple of weeks ago that Trevor's blind spot was the colored garnet? The color garnet. <laughs> no, because no, I've heard, well, I guess I, I was technically a blind spot because I'd never heard of it because I don't think it still exists. You use your fancy word for maroon all you want. It's still maroon. No, you said it was burgundy. You're, you're getting your own, oh, argument. yeah, it was burgundy, your own yeah. arguments messed up. Well, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> Texas, Trevor, how do you feel about your bets with Scoots now that Amani Bates is in trouble? Uh, I was confident before, and I'm even I'm just as confident after. Have you talked to Scoots in, in the day since? Because I still think Amani's probably going to play. No, I did notice he had a one of his check was sitting at the studio when I went up there, and I thought about just taking it as a down payment for nice. the bet. I like that. Leave a note, like I went on and borrowed this. You just still owe me so and so money. <laughs> I wonder how Scoots. <clears throat> did you catch the like the the Indiana shot 
taking last night during the Monday Night Football broadcast. No, I didn't. I was watching. I had to keep my mute because I was doing the Bats game and I had it on the TV. Who was? It was uh, Troy Aikman. Okay, and he went to he, Oklahoma and UCLA. Yeah, he made yeah because Indiana fans were like posting that picture of UCLA Stadium like half full earlier this year. Not even half full. It was like thirty people in there. Um, but he made somebody from Indiana made a play, and it was like, like the the the, the play by play guy was like you know. The pride of Indiana football, like bringing pride to like the IU football program, and Troy Aikman was like, "Doesn't take much," or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a good, and he's like, "It's like, oh, it's like I'm just playing something like that." And Indiana fans, of course, did not take it. Well, as pride. It, it wasn't me doing a game with Buck. I think it was Joe Buck. And Buck went to IU. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, he went to IU. Well, he's taking. He kind of was. I guess he set up Aikman. <laughs> he did not defend his football program vehemently afterwards, but it was a. It was an easy shot, but he took it. I thought it was kind of funny. But, yeah. I mean, and if you're an IU football fan, like I mean. Don't you just have to accept it at this point? It's like if you made a stripper joke about U of L. Like, yeah, like this, it's a cheap shot. It's easy, but also, you know, true. Like, yeah, we, we get it. IU football not exactly steeped in and like history. And like Louisville, IU got their football team got screwed a couple years ago by the Big Ten for Ohio State. They did. They were they they. I mean, they they literally just said we don't want you there. We want Ohio State because it brings better better ratings. We're, we're literally going to change the rules that we in put the into place middle a month of the ago. Season, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's oh, we uh, made these makeshift rules a month ago, and now we're just going to change them just so we can get Ohio State to the playoff. I've been in Indiana. Just, I mean, I, I was in Indiana. I wish I had enough leg to stand on to be like, you know what? Screw you. We're leaving the Big Ten. And then right now they'd be like, well, that was a mistake. Well, now they can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but if they were a better, good enough football program, of course, then again, if that was the case, they probably wouldn't have been. Pushed out the door for Ohio State, but nonetheless. Speaking of the Big Ten, I don't know if you saw this yet. Brent Murphy came out with his latest bowl projections. He's got the Birmingham Bowl this year. I saw I saw this because I saw Bring Brom home tweeted it. Louisville versus Purdue. I know. <laughs> I mean. All right, here's a hypothetical for you. <laughs> Let's say we are 5-6 and six going to the U.K. game. Fully plausible scenario, right? That we have we a would losing be five, record, yeah. We'd be 5-6 and six going to the U.K. game. We beat U.K., this this great UK season, we beat them to get bowl eligible. What's the plausibility? Satterfield is <laughs> back in people's good graces. Like we're we're going crazy, we're going nuts. Then we play Purdue in a bowl game and get waxed. Like what's the overall mood? what's the overall mood of the fan base? It'll just be insane. Like, That'll be I the ultimate know. roller coaster Scott moment. I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about just I mean civil war, brothers against brothers, mothers against sons. I mean, the house divided would be divided in three ways. I mean, I don't know how that would that would be very confusing. Very confusing time for a little. Then you got the recruits coming in. I mean. <laughs> Texture points out, everybody keeps talking about how we have five of six games in the second half of the season against ranked opponents. James Madison could easily be ranked for our game, too. Are they undefeated? Yeah, that's the three and zero. They beat Middle Tennessee, who beat, just beat Miami. They, yeah. beat them, they beat them 44 to seven. And they beat App State. They beat App State. They have their schedule before they play us is Texas State, Arkansas State, Georgia Southern, and Marshall. Marshall will be tough. Marshall beat uh, Notre Dame and then they turn around and I think lost two in a row. Yeah, and I always forget. I think it's the Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern ones. I think it's actually what if one of those Georgia schools was decent and apparently went Georgia State because that's who got just destroyed. Georgia, Georgia Southern's three and one. Okay, I knew because knew one of them was decent. Their only loss is to at UAB. Yeah, Georgia Southern is the team that beat Nebraska in week two. Okay, so yeah, they're they're a decent team then. Can you imagine? Imagine like <laughs> Satterfield spinning like we finally get a ranked win, but it's. <laughs> but what if <laughs> they're ranked? But, but can you spin it to what if you lose the game and they're ranked? And be like, well, they're a ranked team. I mean, I just imagine like the reaction of Louisville fans being like, "This is what you wanted, right?" 
Like our, it was our buy gang. We schedule these guys when they're in FCS. Yeah, I, I feel like my reaction would be, well, it's better than Wake Forest. Finally, I guess. You actually we beat Wake Forest all the time. We beat them once. I know, but it's still like the one we were hanging our hat on. We're always close. We're close. We should have won last year. I, I refuse to acknowledge that. As we a got loss. cheated. But I mean that that's kind of wild when you look at it right now. Theoretically, you could play Pitt, Wake, James Madison, Clemson, NC State, and UK. And at the time of of you playing them, all six could possibly be ranked. That would be that'd be wild. That's the toughest schedule in America. Oh, man, it's, and that's, that's that. Trust me, the Satterfield defenders, the few and far between they are, maybe that is their crutch to, to lean on. James Madison right now is getting. They got four votes in the AP poll. They got eleven votes in the coaches' rankings. So yeah, if they win four more games and they're seven and zero going into that game, no, they're going to be in the, they're going to be in the twenty five. They'll yeah. probably like twenty. 23, 24, 25, I would somewhere think around so, there. Yeah. yeah, depending on who's around them, yeah. I mean, just I just love, like, the, you want a ranked win? We gave you a ranked win, baby. Like Everybody's like, okay. <laughs> we just beat James Madison. The who turnaround is, starts who's our, now. Who's our next star victory against George Washington? Um, <laughs> Texas, that phone ringing in the background is hilariously annoying. Oh, you have no idea, Texter. Trevor's losing his mind back there. That's because I don't even know where it is. It can't be out in the other room because it is way too loud to be in the other room. Like, I feel like it's coming from, there's a phone hidden It in did here. sound like it was coming from inside the room. And <laughs> it did. The call is coming I, from inside the house. But it's not the same ring, that, but it doesn't sound like how the phone's usually No, doing. and it's not this phone because even when this phone does ring, and I don't know why I'm pointing it as if anybody can see what the hell I'm doing. It's okay. But I'm expect- YouTube cameras coming in. I'm about to, yeah, I live. I do the show as if YouTube's already here. Any day now. There is a phone to my right, and when it does ring, the rare occasions it does, it does light. I can see it light. It lights up, and I have it actually turned all the way down, so you wouldn't shouldn't be able to hear it. But the one ringing, in, I don't know where it is. Some weird stuff going on right now. Vibes are off. <laughs> it's a bender. We're ringing. I mean, <laughs> Texas says this Memphis case being the first one announced after all the other schools' hearings were done now makes sense. Lawyers are carving up the NCAA with legal loophole angles, including this case. If they announced these penalties uh, resolutions before all the hearings were wrapped up, lawyers would be shooting fish in a barrel. That's, I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if if Louisville does get just destroyed in all this. I can see them potentially. Taking this to a like, like court, like actual court, not kangaroo court. While I mean, maybe this. So is the, you you can you can't appeal the IRP, but you can sue them. Well, you can sue the NCAA because the IRP is technically an offshoot of the NCAA. Okay. And maybe this is, if it is like this is worth the money. But if this is Josh Hurd kind of posturing with this Neil Katyal thing, where he's hiring this you know one of the most famous attorneys in America, just kind of to say like, hey, just so you know. If you do want to hit us with a with a postseason ban or a multi year postseason ban or more than what these other schools are going to get, we're ready to lawyer up. Like like we're ready to go. Like try us because the NCAA's record in court over the last five years is like zero and one hundred and twelve. Yeah, it's not good. They just keep getting their ass handed to them time after time after time again in court, and maybe that's why you're seeing these rulings coming in and being so so you know menial because they know if if anybody wants to sue them, they're probably going to win, and maybe that's why we're. We're paying this guy millions. And if if we are, worth it, right? Who's our lawyer again? That Neil Cattile guy is the guy that they're paying. You say he defended somebody earlier, though. He was on Obama's. Like, he was like, the, like a national attorney when Obama was, was president. He was like on his, technically his Oh, staff. okay. When you said Obama, I was like, would Obama need a lawyer? But he didn't. He never. 
wearing a tan suit. <laughs> no, he was on his. Uh, he, he was technically in his employ when he was in. Oh, uh, okay. He well, he didn't actually defend him. Like no, no, no. He wasn't like his. That's what I was confused. I was like, wait, I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't think of anything for a tan suit. It's funny though. But he, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a famous litigator. He's his fee is absurd, as has been mentioned several times. But he's the type of guy that if you know if you want to clearly he made send it all message, the way to law, law class. He made it all the way to law class at Yale. Uh, <laughs> did well for himself there. I think he went to Georgetown undergrad. Yale um, doesn't impress me since Padebi went there. Yeah, well, kind of lost its meaning. Six <laughs> sports <laughs> He was the Solicitor General of the United States when Obama was in the office. The Solicitor. I thought that most places don't like soliciting. Well, I mean, this is. The soliciting? I didn't know that was a, that's actual a position? It's an unfortunate title considering our history, but. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I didn't know that was actual position, soliciting general? Solicitor General of the United States was his title for two years. Um, from who's, the, who's the current Solicitor General? The current Solicitor General of the United States is Elizabeth Prelegar. Okay. Since October of 2021. There's my blind spot. I had no idea there was ever in a position known as the Solicitor General. I don't think that counts as a, bl- as a blind <laughs> I mean, spot. Yeah, something tells me I'm not the only one that has You're no not. idea that exists. Yeah. Elizabeth went to Emory University and Harvard for law school. Harvard. Like, she went to Harvard. Harvard. She, Harvard, Todd. Like, she went to Harvard. Did you know what the uh, Soliciting General was? I knew of the position. I still couldn't tell you exactly what they don't do. Get the yeah. solicit. Solicitor General. <laughs> they general the solicitors. Texas, no way that Scott loses the JMU game. Vengeance for Boone, or maybe we lose in solidarity. I'm sure <laughs> solidarity. I'm sure it will be whichever is most painful. That's a good text. That's my text of the day so far. Uh, the very next text says, uh, James Madison beats us. I mean, simple, bright. Texas, if this goes to kangaroo court, I'll be jumping with joy. Yep, I'll leave. <laughs> eh, that's bad. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Scott Satterfield <laughs> did talk to the media today. We'll talk about what he had to say. Also, Brian Brown. We'll get send Trevor into a frenzy with his comments, as always, because it doesn't matter what Brian Brown says. If he talks, Trevor's going to get mad. I will bring that up after the break. <laughs> it's the Mike Rutherford Show, and it continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. She's a small wonder, lovely and bright and soft girls. She's a small wonder. Child unlike other girls, she's a miracle, and I grant you she'll enchant you at the sight. She's a small Down the street, the same old thing she did last week. Not a thing to do, but talk to you. We're all You've been that, watching the show again. I right? use that sound by so many times after Wisconsin beat UK. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. I to death. Yeah, I have. I found it on Peacock, and uh, which I was happy because I think like a couple weeks ago I was like so, just, like because it used to be on Netflix, and I was like the seventy show was always kind of on my go to, like shows to watch like nothing else on comfort show yeah i mean and there's some other ones i have like i'll do that with big bang sometimes how much i have more than one but uh it'd been a while since i'd watched it and i, was, I mean other than the last season season and a half show's so great i mean it's so hilarious it's a good show it is for sure i mean yeah it's so crazy to think that mila kunis was like 15 when it show started to she lied about her age to get on the show yeah uh a qu- couple of quick uh hoops recruiting notes the Cast of characters for Louisville Live, <clears throat> excuse me, is continuing to fill up. 
just now uh, via t- at 24-7 High School Hoops. They were reporting that five-star forward Trenton Flowers, a guy who's been out of the North Carolina area, a lot of people think he's going to be UNC Duke, but Louisville has really been pushing on him. He's number 24 in the ESPN rankings. He is going to be visiting for Louisville Live. We also found out today Carter Bryant, who's the number seven player class in the 2024 class, also going to be at Louisville Live. This is, I know 2023 people are we're still waiting in the wings to find out if we're going to, you know, what's going to happen with DJ Wagner, what's going to happen with um, Aaron, not Isaiah Bradshaw, what's going to happen with AJ Johnson. But 2024, Louisville's in the mix for a lot of these guys that are ranked in the top 20 right now. And a lot of them are going to be in town for this uh, this October 23rd Louisville Live event at Slugger Field. Again, if you can make it there, if you want to support the program, that's a good time to show your fandom because the last couple of years, it's been a very successful recruiting event for Louisville. And this one may be even more important than the last couple of years because you're going to have some some big, big-time names from the 2023 and 2024 class that are in town. I hope it's cool. Like, I... I the setup, I still don't really know how it's going to look. Slugger Field should be a cool venue. I wish that we were back at Churchill this year because it worked so well last year. No, Love. but they, they could do Slugger good. I mean, they, they could. I'm just, you know, you haven't seen it before. It's hard to visualize no. it when you haven't actually yeah. seen it. I mean, I picture, I don't know, like, I think, I think I'll set up like a concert or. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. My guess is like that outfield area. I think that that's where I would guess the court's going to be. So you can have that seating and kind of like the standing up area. I would think well. maybe middle of center, like center field area. And I'm sure they'll have, you know, you'll be able to, to go down there on the field. They'll have some areas set up where people can stand. They'll have some seats set up for, for media. Um, I'm sure that's the way it's going to work. But, you know, you just, last year was such a rousing success. You would have loved to have just had that security of knowing how to do it and knowing it was going to be cool. And then Churchill decides to go ahead and get elite and just, you know, revamp the whole paddock area, take it away from the everyman. Thanks, Churchill. Can't have anything nice for the the average person, but uh, that kind of put us in a weird spot. But Slugger Field stepping up as they do. Big X, home of the bats. We love Slugger, of course. Um, they're making some plays, and hopefully it's going to be a big-time event because it seems like a lot of recruiting success may may hinge on that. AJ Johnson's going to be there, the other one, the 2023. If you're land, the, the, if he's your big fish for 2023, this could be the weekend that you try to hook him. I don't think he's any in, he's in zero Louisville fans' blind spot in terms of his name. Not a blind spot guy, no. no. Uh, Scott Satterfield talked to the media today. It was his weekly press conference. Trevor, I sent you a clip. If you can. I got it. You got it? Okay. Uh, he said, among other things, one, I didn't realize that Ashton Gelati was hurt last week until he didn't play on Saturday. In fact, in my game preview, I predicted him as the star of the game. So that was a, a swing and a miss there. <laughs> no, we, we swing and miss that a lot. We do. Uh, but he Satterfield today said that Gelati will be back this weekend for the Boston College game. He apparently was he was healthy enough to return to practice late last week, but it missed so much they didn't feel comfortable running him out there. And certainly uh, Louisville defensively didn't miss him on Saturday. They were their best defensive effort of the season. The most maybe interesting remarks of the day is he was asked about Malik Cunningham and specifically how they've been using Malik in the run game. And, and I'll play the clip. This, this is him talking about getting Malik in the run game with his, uh, you know, design runs for the quarterback specifically. Yeah, I mean, it's got to. I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a defense, they're looking to defend us. They're having to defend 11 guys, not just 10. It's 11 guys to where they got to account for Malik. Um, and, and it should open up some holes. It should open up some of the throw game. It should open up some more run game for the, for the running backs. Um, you know, we, we like that, that, you know, for our offense. So we're going to continue to do that. You know, again, the first game was, was on me. We did not do a, a very good job with, with Malik in, in, the, in his run game. But it, since then, we have. And we've been much better offense. We've moved the ball. We've scored more points. And we've put more pressure on the defense. And that's just what we got to continue to do. Um, and hopefully we'll get, you know, get these receivers more involved in, in the throw game and, and, and continue to make some big plays in that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got Jennifer to. comes I mean, out right there, and he basically says. Who calls it the throw game, by the way? I, I caught that. I was like, yeah. Who calls it? I mean, sick, really, dude. Who calls it the throw game? I think it just he just fell over his words a little bit, which we can both relate to. <laughs> yeah, talking, he's, like, he must be his first press conference, Well, right? but talking for three hours. Sometimes you just say something. You're like, did I just say that? Like, I've never said it that way. He said it three times. The throw game. <laughs> You got a good throw game. You got a good speedball. Maybe we'd be a little bit better <laughs> through the air if you called it a pass game. I don't know. But he comes out there and, and says straight up, the Syracuse game's on me. Like We came out with this, this game plan, this offensive mindset that we were going to have more of a traditional run game. Malik was going to use his legs less, and we were going to you know pocket passing, and then our running backs doing the, the bulk of the damage on the ground. And I'll say this, to Satterfield's credit, because a lot of coaches I think would, if they had spent the whole summer mentally preparing to run their offense this way, they would have kept trying to do it for at least the first few weeks of the season and not gone back to what had worked in previous years. You know, we, I mean, we saw this with you know, Chris Mack revamped the offense. They stuck with it for far too long. It clearly was not working, and they ended up having a terrible season. Satterfield, after one week, is like, well, that didn't work. We're scrapping it. Malik, you're going to run the ball again. Why did we don't get try hurt. it? They thought it was a good idea. I think why who to, to protect Malik Cunningham. I think that's the the primary reason is you don't want him to be running this much. You don't want him to get worn down as the season goes on, and you don't want to risk him getting hurt. It makes sense if you can find ways to do you know to make up for what you lose with Malik Cunningham not running. And they very clearly could not find those ways. And so, like you've said a couple of times, it's back to like we got to risk the, it. The, the offense that Satterfield's been known for in running his entire life, right? Oh, okay, because, you know, why would we defer away Well, they from didn't that? run it. The quarterback didn't run it quite as much at App, and, and these are different level I mean, athletes. I think they ran, I mean, different level athletes, but he still kind of ran the same concept. But also, I mean, this is his third year. I think we've all seen Malik has gotten a little bit run down at the end of seasons. He seemed tired once well, they got into late November. years old. What do you expect? Exactly. I mean, he's, you know, he's got old bones. So they were trying to preserve him for as long as possible and reduce the risk of him getting hurt because if he gets hurt, like we know, season sank. I do love how you, he, he's he's gonna he's gonna just discard all he's done to like get him to. They made him successful at App State, and when he was got him hired at Louisville, was been the only good thing he's done at Louisville because sure hiring defensive coordinators isn't one of them. And he's gonna bat, He's gonna just throw all that aside and change the offense. And in one game, he, he it doesn't work, and he just what. I mean, it's like, the, but I think he, like, like me eating a salad. Like I, I somebody was, convinced me. I take one bite. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Well, like I was starting <laughs> to say there, I think he does deserve credit for putting the prod aside and saying, like, we're not going to keep doing this. It clearly didn't work. They went to running the game. They lose because if they try to do that same offense again, I know the offense didn't exactly light it up against UCF, but if they don't let Malik use his legs with design runs, they lose that game. And we're sitting here one and three, and Satterfield's probably a lame duck. The coach. fact they tried the offense, I, that's why I have trouble giving him credit for disbanding it after one game. Because I, I just I don't understand why you would do it for the one game. Well, I just told you why. Like he's been. I get you why you told me why they, they think want, they did it. You want Malik to stay healthy. I mean, he's in an ideal world. I mean, wouldn't you agree though? In an ideal world, if you could get the same production from your stable of running backs as you can with Malik on design runs, you would choose that because it's less work for Malik. He's not going to have tired legs as the season goes on, and you don't risk losing your most important player for any part of the season. Like that's the option to go to. They found out in that game, first game they could not make up for that production. In a traditional running style. Hey, but we'll have Malik at the end of the year. What do you mean? I mean, we, we, we might be two and eight, but playing that style. But we'll have Malik. Well, they, they're not doing it. They stretch. I'm it. just saying they had kept it. But I mean, you see, like why I, you I would try. I get, I get your the reasoning. Why you're, you're telling me the reasoning why they did it. 
I just saying their reasoning and doing it was stupid. Well, we know that now. Like it's well, easy to I say could, that in could, hindsight. I could have told you that before the Syracuse game. We talked game. about the whole season. You didn't mention it one time when we were talking about. It. They they said that they were going to do this the whole summer. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they mentioned this a bunch. <laughs> and at, you agreed that it was like you're like you're like if we have the same stats with Malik this year, we're gonna have a bad record. Like it's better for him if his rushing numbers are down. No, no, I no, I no, I just no. You got mad because I said I said I don't want him throwing the ball. I said that. All, I said that last year. We talked about this after me. Because remember, I said I don't think he should get no more than twenty twenty five pass attempts a game. And you're like, oh, you can do that without. Well, yeah, because he's never he's had like two games where he's done that. And then, but I mean, yeah, how many did he have in the last game? By the way, um, how many times did he throw? Twenty three. Yeah. And and our best offensive performance. Again, yeah. Okay. But I mean, he didn't play like the fourth quarter. Oh, I mean, how many Doman throw? Eight. Okay, so it's been thirty one total for the full game. Yeah. I mean, 20, I said 20 to 25. I mean, that's, and I stand by it. And then you, you're not going to have 25 pass attempts. You're trying to make me, no, the Syracuse thing was a, a utter blunder. It was as dumb as calling it a throw game. Well, again, it's easy to say that now. You weren't saying it before the season. And that's my whole point. Is it made, I would have if I'd been paying attention. Exactly. It, like, I see where they were coming from. I give them credit for saying this is, is not going to work and going back to what worked. And just saying, like, if Malik gets hurt, Malik gets hurt, but like we've got no other hope. Like we have no other chance, choice but to do this because this is our best offense. And I think we've seen the last three weeks, we're at our best when Malik is is making plays with his legs. Like that's that's who we are. We wish it was different. Do we run the risk of him getting banged up and having the Brock Doman era start against like Pitt in the beginning of, of the second week, uh, second half of the season? Sure. I mean, if, if Malik could throw the ball any better, he wouldn't even be back here by now. He'd have, he'd have done left. Well, yeah, but that's I mean that's that's eighty percent of college quarterbacks. You want like, we? I hope you realize like we're probably going to have a worse quarterback than Malik Cunningham next year. More than likely, yeah. are you going to be as hard on him as you have been on Malik? If it's a, it depends on the, it depends on the scenario. Like if you're talking about it being Chris Clark as a true freshman, no, I would be looking for, I'd be accepting of, of of bumps in the road in terms of hopefully getting better. I don't think you're going to be, but you give yourself way. You're not getting any better for in being your patient year you in college. Well, no, but he's still pretty good. I mean, I had patience in 2020. I don't think you did. I did. I did. You I had, hated Malik last year. I know that. No, I hated Malik going into last year because of how bad his 2021 season was. Well, he last took, year was 2021. Or 2020. Yeah, I had. I guess I had faith in 19. 2020, he disappointed me by taking three steps backwards. He was that, bad in 2020. Yeah, and that's why I was so down on going last year because I didn't. I mean, he took steps backwards the year before. I, I think that and we not, did not go forward. I at least want to see you go forward. I don't think that Malik is clearly like I, I, I can't say this any more clearly than I have before. He's not a tier one, tier two quarterback in all time global history, regardless of what the stats say. No, but I think you can also like like see that he's still a good college quarterback, and that it's hard. We've been so spoiled because we've had in the last decade two NFL quarterbacks. Which is something that should not happen in a place like Louisville. Like, like it just shouldn't. There are only what thirty of them uh, in the league at any given time. We've had Teddy, we've had Lamar, we've had the Brahms, we've had Redmond. We've had, like we've had a ridiculous run of quarterbacks. ESPN did its like university, you know, you, you know, position U rankings. We're the third best quarterback program in college football over the last three decades, only behind USC and Oklahoma. Like that, we are we have been spoiled to that position. It like there is a strong chance that whoever we have next, whether it's Pierce Clarkson or somebody else is not going to wind up being as good as Malik Cunningham. And I fear for that person because we, we're awfully hard on Malik here. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's not going to be as good. You can't guarantee that. You, you can't guarantee anything. But no. there's a strong chance. Like, it seems certainly plausible. Like, 
we are spoiled at quarterback. You watch watch college football on an average Saturday. You see a lot of quarterbacks out there that are really bad. Oh, I know. And at big time programs. Thankfully, uh, we played two of them for our wins this year. We did. Well, three of them if you count the other kid that USF brought in. Yeah, because he was not very good either. <laughs> um, or, or I guess we're two and one because he's going to back up for Florida State. <laughs> Satterfield was asked about uh, you know, the running back situation. He said it's been. It's kind of been good having this committee because we've had some guys that have been hurt from week to week, and other guys have been able to step up. Tyon missed a game, Cooley missed a game, Jalen Mitchell's been out now. Jawar Jordan was a little bit banged up last week, so it's kind of been by committee. But what I like about this bunch is that when they're getting their chance, they're making the most of it. We've now seen what Cooley's been able to do the last two weeks. He really ran hard again. Uh, and looking at the Florida State game, he had two big, four big catches, two touchdowns. Tyon came back and ran hard. All these guys are going to get their opportunities. It's still an open competition, which I like. I, I like the fact. I mean, Trevion Cooley. Based on the way he's played the last two weeks, especially last week, he should play. Like, just because you have now potentially Evans being back fully healthy, if Jaylen, let's say Jalen Mitchell's healthy this week, you've still got to play Travion Cooley. He was our best back last weekend. Like, he's I'm earned that have, right. Like, two carries this week. God, he better not. He better play more. I mean, with his project, I mean, he does like to just kind of rotate and then maybe whoever has a hot in practice. He does, but also, I mean, like, Ty and Evans had a much he, lower yards per carry average and fumbled last week. I, I mean, and I love Ty. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if the, can you say commit. Because when I think committee of running backs, I, I think like three guys carrying the ball evenly through a game. And mostly Satterfield's usually kind of a one-back guy primarily for a game. He just rotates it game to game. I mean, we have, I mean, we've had multiple guys get at least seven carries every game. Yeah, but there's usually one guy that has the bulk of carries. Is there not? I mean, didn't how many? Last did, week, no. Last week, it was, it was pretty evenly split. Between two guys, between the Cooley three guys, and three guys. Jordan, Cooley, and, and Tyon. How many did Cooley have? Did he have 12 or 13 Cooley carries? had 11 carries. I think Evans had 13. Yeah, yeah and, and, and uh, Ty, uh, Jordan had like eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. So, I mean, they, that was I think that fits the that definition was, of that, that That would be committee, yeah. I just don't feel like it's – And that was our best game. Yeah, well, sure. I think that – I mean, and now Jalen Mitchell comes back. He's probably going to have to get some carries too. I don't – it'll be – it's, it's a Doesn't good it? problem to have. But at some point, somebody's going to get pissed off, right? And also, we have Ruben Owens coming in next year, hopefully. Well, they can all I mean Cooley will be in NC State by then, and Evans will be in the NFL. I don't want, and... I don't want Cooley to be at NC State. I don't, want, I don't think Evans is – my dream of Ty and Evans, my prediction of him being good enough to go to the NFL is not – he's been fine. but He's, he's solid back. He's been solid, but he has not been like – you don't look at him and say, like, that's a second-day draft pick, right? I can see Ty and Evans coming back next year. because he has Not second. Man, I can see him being drafted, though. You think? Yeah, I can see him going in, in the fourth or fifth, sixth round. Okay. Not probably not fourth, actually. Probably more fifth, sixth, or seventh. I haven't seen that much yet, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong frequently. But if you lose him, if you bring back, I think if you bring two guys back from the stable of four. And by the way, Satterfield said today Maurice Turner is going to play more, too. The guy who was in the, the freshman running back who famously. Speed guy, right? Yeah, raced Tyreek Hill, went step for step with him in that mm -hmm. video that went viral over the week and was really good at the end. I know you didn't catch the end of last uh, weekend's game. He, was fan he looked really, really good at the end of the South Florida game coming in in garbage time. And Satterfield basically said, like, we're going to play him more. Like, he's, he needs to see the field. He's that good. Um, so that's five backs now. I, I think if you bring two or three of those guys back, you add Ruben Owens to the mix, you still feel really good about the running game next year. And that should be a, a big thing with a quarterback who, whether it's Clarkson or a grad transfer or somebody else, who's probably not going to have a whole lot of experience and certainly no experience at Louisville running Turner the show. had three carries for three yards. He caught passes out of the back. He had of the two day. catches yeah. at forty. Yeah, and he, 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 he. I'm assuming he was like. Burner. I assume it was one catch for like 38 yards and a one two yard catch. I think it's yeah. either. Well, he also had he had one that got called back for a penalty that went pretty far. Did he? he looked good. He looked. He played. He, he was certainly in, looked fast. He's in five plays. Yes. I'd like to see. This is kind of a, a nitpicky deal. 
Can we get somebody more exciting on punt return? Like, Braden Smith is not making anybody miss. You know what? I, To me, as long as you're not muffing the punt. It's the biggest thing, for sure. I don't care. Cause they're, they're, but he's also taking – he's, like, catching it off, like, five bounces. He's scaring the hell out of me. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, we, I remember it was later in his career. And you as a Lions fan have a great history of guys like Mel Gray as your kick returners. On Eddie Drummond. Know. I don't know if you remember Mel Gray. He returned two for touchdowns in the game I was at. Love Mel against Gray. Against Seattle. Uh, he's, he's a top five kick returner of all time, and probably the greatest is Brian Mitchell. I don't. You can give me your Devin Hester's all you want, and you're, you can sound foolish if you want to defend it. That's fine. Hester's better. But Brian Mitchell's the greatest of all time. And near the end of his career, like he wasn't breaking away for touchdowns anymore, but he also he was an Eagles. But he, he averaged like two yards a return, but he never dropped a punt. Never. And I'll, ta- I'll take a guy getting me two or three yards only as long as he's never mupping it. That's why Charlie Strong has Scott Radcliffe back there. I don't, yeah. I, I, I will tr- I will take that trade seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Brain's kind of scaring me, though. He's like, he's picking up balls that he needs, like, to just let go. Like, they're like, they're go- it's like rolling out of bounds, and he's like, just picking it up for no reason. I'm like, what are you doing? He also, this is in less positive news, you know, he had a assault charge against him during the offseason. I saw that his hearing for that assault charge has been postponed for three weeks. So, that court case will drag out. I kind of forgotten about it, to be honest. I thought it, you know, maybe it gotten solved or something, but he's still playing on the team. He's still in good standing, apparently, but still has some legal proceedings to go I mean, through. He's got the nicest pass of the season, still. He, I mean, he probably does. <laughs> I mean, he's throwing the nicest pass of that game. I think before last week, it was his. It was it was our only explosive play of the year so far, and it was a wide receiver throwing it in the throw game. Yeah, in the throw game. Uh, Malik, by the way, if you're looking at Malik Cunningham, the running game, he has three runs of 40 yards or more this season. No other quarterback has more than one. So clearly getting it done with the legs. Arm to come, hopefully. There's no, well, I can believe that, I guess. Yeah. He, I mean, he had several in this game this past weekend. Yeah. Was, he, well, I mean, we he know he, he does have, well, he's got that one or two game every year like that. He does. He does. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, 502 is the Thornton sex line. Satterfield also, uh, other things that he said kind of of note. He gave some praise to the special teams. We haven't talked a lot about the special teams. Mark Bassett killing the ball uh, on the punt. Oh, he's been awesome. You know what we also need to point out? Because it's one of those things that you always point out when it's not happening and people just constantly whine and complain about it. But when it's actually happening, everybody just takes it for granted. Louisville fans have been talking for like 15 years. Why can't we get a kicker that kicks it through the end zone every time? And like Brock Havel says doing it every single time. And nobody's – he deserves some praise. Brock Havel said this is your show. I don't remember. Shout out to you. We love Brock. Thank you for doing that. We love Brock. We had two, two Brock. It's a Brock favorite show. I don't remember ever hearing a uh, little fans just go off about that. Oh, like, I hear it all the time. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard little fans and rightfully so complain about a lot of stuff. But like, I feel like getting the ball through the end zone on kickoffs was like way down the totem pole. Oh no, like, reference. Well, you're not very online though. Like th- that's one thing. Like during games, you'll see like a million people be like, "Can we please get a kicker who kicks it through the damn end zone?" And that was every game. Every, anytime you gave up a decent return. People the, would complain I'm about just this. Thinking of all the things we have wrong about the team, that's really what you give a bleep about. It's a thing. I mean, we had as somebody who did a sports radio show, we would get multiple calls about this. I'd say like a week. People just like tossing it in there as something that they hated, and we deserved. If, if we're mean, going we, to complain that much about it, we need to give credit where credit's due. Agree. We're kicking the hell out of the ball this year. I mean, it's like we're giving up like a kick return touchdown a game or something. I mean, we gave up too many. I mean, the, the UCF we, game, we gave up a huge return that set up their big drive to take the lead. Um, we have had a no. I mean, but for touchdown, I can't remember last time we gave up. When, when somebody returned a kick return for a touchdown on us? Oh, it's happened. Oh, this, I'm sure it has. This is like the thing where we're like, I don't remember us returning, and then we looked it up. And it happened it was like, like seven times in five years. It happened last week. Yeah, we had, we had like three in the last three years. It's like, oh yeah. 
Gotta forget about the it. The only one I referenced was from like 2001. Yeah, you're, you're like, Zeke Parker, I think, <laughs> was the Parker, last yeah. one. I was like, well, there's been nine since then, but. I remember Trick Guy in Memphis, but I think that was a punt, actually, not a kick. But Trick yeah. Guy was great on punts. He's a freaking yeah. stud. Um, I tell you what. <laughs> what are you going to tell me? I wanted to Chicken see if, butt. I wanted to see if Brian Brown had said anything like incendiary that you were going to be upset about, but he really he didn't. I mean, I'd love to see him pass the buck on giving up three points. Like, we would have had a shutout if they'd listened to me. <laughs> we, I told him, I told him not to go easy, easy. On, in the defense, but no, and then we gave him three points. <laughs> Every week he's found some way to pass pass it to somebody else. He's never coming on the show. I mean, I wasn't going to answer the phone to be called. And he did talk about both he and Satterfield praised Yaya Diaby pretty extensively. He said, "I think what he's done is prepared himself this uh, this off season. He just has a mindset that he wants to be dominant. He's playing at a different level right now. He also was uh, like." Scott Satterfield, very wary of weary of Zay Flowers, the Boston College wide receiver, who they're going to try to get the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can. Satterfield, I, you know, we always kind of grill Satterfield for for coach speak stuff, and you know, everybody hypes up their opponent. He straight up was like, they've had some issues in pass protection; they haven't been great there. Like that's how bad Boston College's offensive line has been, and they have their, their depth chart came out today. They're mixing it up. They're, they're playing a true freshman at left tackle, I think, this Ooh. weekend. They're like whatever they've been doing has not been working. They are 127th in the country when it comes to pass protection, um, and we have been very good at getting in the backfield so far this year defensively. Um, 11 in the country in sacks. We're fourth when it comes to QB pressure. So this should be a game, Brian, where we are pressuring the quarterback extensively. If we just sit back there and let him throw, I don't know what we're doing. Uh, but that was kind of the the theme of this week was Phil Dracovic, better than he's shown so far this year. They've got playmakers. Their offensive line, if they just configure some stuff up th- out there, they're going to be a better offense, but we hope that it doesn't happen. Give whoever you put on Zay Flowers safety help, please. Just send three guys on him. Like they, I mean, it's Boston College. They don't have anybody else. Like, come on. I mean, I don't know if they're maybe sending him on too long a route, and that's why they can't get him the ball because they're getting sacked too quickly. But we have a history defensively, and this go this predates Satterfield of when there's like one guy and being like, don't let this one guy beat beat you. We absolutely let him beat us. I mean, T.Y. Hilton beat I, us single-handedly. The, I mean, it, Held he, the, the, the kid from Florida State. clearly the one that we everyone thinks is T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I mean, I mean you mentioned Devin did. Hester. Don't kick the ball to Devin Hester. Yeah. We shank a punt in play that he returns for the crucial touchdown. The, I mean, guard the tall guy for Florida State this year. They can't throw it to anybody else. He single-handedly goes off for a billion yards. I mean, we make him look like Harold Carmichael. The guy hasn't done crap in three years. Yeah, we made him look like Larry Fitzgerald. It was terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, again, like, don't let this one guy beat you. We always let the guy. Against BC, don't let Zay Flowers beat you. Have three guys follow him all over the field. I don't care. Do not let him. Make somebody else do something. Make them block. Make Phil Djurkovic beat you with his arm. Make one of the other unknown wide receivers do something. Don't let Zay Flowers go crazy. We lose this game as Zay Flowers is going to end up having like 185 yards receiving or something. 1,000%. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have a half hour for the final hour. I'm going to read a list that's going to blow Trevor's mind. We'll get back to the Thornton sex what line. What thoughts on this greatest beer run ever movie? I don't even know what it is. You haven't seen the commercials for that yet? No. Looks interesting. I'm greatest curious. beer run ever? It's about a guy that made a beer run to Vietnam to take People in Vietnam vets like beer during the in the middle of the war. Oh, so it's like a doc, or is it? It's like based, based on a true story. Air quote based on a true story. Which anytime you hear that, you you have to wonder like how much of it's actually based on it. Which parts are we taking? Liberties yeah, because there's some, there's some that they've done that with, and I've watched them be like, there's like one percent of this is true. Yeah, uh, it looks kind of intriguing. I'm just curious. Okay. It's because it's a uh, Fairly Brothers or Farley Brothers, or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued.
All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we will talk more about uh, this list and take some text at the Only Thornton Sex Line. Before we break, though, reminding you about First Bankers Trust. For more information on what First Bankers Trust can do for you, go to firstbankerstrust.com. They work with each client individually to help you meet your financial goals, and they offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. Again, for more information, go to firstbankerstrust.com. Investing, banking, making money, it all starts with trust. First Bankers Trust. We'll take a break. Half hour show, a half hour hour to wrap up the show. Coming to your way next here on 1450 The Big X. He's there just to take good care of me Like he's one of the family Charles in charge of our days and our nights Charles in charge I like of our wrongs and our rights And I see I want Charles in charge of me So I... I feel like Charles Charge is the most underrated 80s sitcom. Define underrated. Like it doesn't like get the, it doesn't get the credit it deserves to be in the family ties realm. I see it as in the family ties realm. I do too. I think it's in that upper echelon of like Is there is there who's the gatekeeper for like how we view 80s sitcoms? <laughs> like Small Wonder wouldn't be on that list. No, because I'd never even heard Because it. it was an, it was it was it was a it was a solid show, but it was like, you know, it was down it was it was if we were seeding it, it would have been like a like a, a twelve seed in the tournament. Robot girl is yeah, that's. But Charles and Charles like a, is like a two seed at, at worst. I don't think that there's as much push pushback to that comment as you think there is. I just don't think. Well, I mean, when the people talk about like classic '80s shows, I, don't, I mean, you hear cheer and not nothing against these shows. There's a lot I'm of Scott Bayo talk out there in the ether. Yeah, well, Scott Bayo gets talk, but not good talk. Well, but he used to be. Like, he was a big heartthrob <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, Joe now it's, Chauncey. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's nice. Now it's more, yeah, he's not saying things that people like. But I still think Charles in Charge is a much-talked-about 80s show. Also, let's get forgot is the, the original family, because remember they replaced it after the first season. I don't remember that. but they had The, the original family had like the two, the, more, the, the two dorky boys, and then they were like, no, nah, let, let's, let's flip this around. Like He comes back like into the season two. I think it's season two. He comes back, and like the, the, the family has moved out on him. Like he's completely just ditched him and like you got a whole new family in there, which is, which is the family that I grew up loving because Nicole Eggert and Josie Davis were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Thornton Stacks lines five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We'll take a couple of texts, then I want to get to this list that's going to set Trevor off because it's a list. And By the way, time has not been kind to Nicole Eggert. Well, we don't need to say that. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> Josie Davis, it has been. Texas says, "What would Bring Brom Home guy do if UK waxes U of L and then U of L waxes Purdue?" Okay, so U of L. Who did U of L get waxed by? UK kills us again. We okay. play Purdue in a bowl game, and then Purdue just destroys us. Or no, we we destroy Purdue. I was gonna say it made it pretty yeah, easy. U of L waxes right Purdue. I, I mean, I don't think anything's stopping Bring Bomb Bring Bomb Home Guy. No, that's it's, it's a lot like you. Like that's why people think that you are Bring Bomb Home Guy, um, because you both, like in the face of just evidence to the contrary, are not going to to stop at all. 
Well, there has been no evidence to the contrary, though. Well, I mean, they're two and two. They should have almost lost to FAU over the weekend. Not exactly been great so far. And they also had a. They also had their starting quarterback was out. You sound like bring wrong home guy. I'm, well, was is that another fact? Is that it not, is. Is that not like you said evidence? You you sound like bring wrong home guy. <laughs> you sound like Lee Brom, their guy. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Are you Lee Brom, their guy? I'm not talking about Brom guy. Even though I had like, <laughs> it was Brian's birthday over the weekend. All my friends were up there. They're like, this is. Like if we lose this game, like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad weekend. Uh, but thankfully, they were able to. I feel like we need to reveal Bring Brom Home Guy like we do like the end of a Scooby Doo episode. Did you see the? We pull up the plastic mask and there it is. Did you happen to see the two point conversion play that FAU attempted in that game to tie it up? No, I did watch. I watched the, the last like couple drives, but I didn't see. I didn't see that. It, it was a. <laughs> they send a receiver in motion. He then goes backwards. They throw. They try to throw a double pass. He throws the. He looked like Uncle Rico. He like catches it like in one motion, like throws like a little like kind of like little wrist like thing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like it, it d- doesn't come anywhere near the receiver. Purdue picked it off in the end zone. It was a, the worst. Like why? I don't know why they thought that that, that play was going to get wor- yeah, it was going to work, but it was overly cute. It was bad. It was terrible. At least that's still uh, Tagger, right? Is he there? I think yeah, it's with Tagger. I'm pretty sure. I had no idea if that's true. I, I did not. So know I think I, I, t- I didn't turn the game on until. I want to say there was only like two two minutes and change left, and it was basically just Purdue running the clock out. Yeah, it was that. That was all I saw. Uh, yeah, Willie Tiger is still their coach. Okay, he has been there since 2019. I had no idea. Probably doing solid there, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on your definition of solid. I mean, FAU one, you know, they're solid. It's probably just six wins every two or three years. Yeah, he's uh, what's his win loss? He's ten and eleven. So not great. Has he been to bowl then? No. It's kind of standard Willie T. <laughs> Two years is what he does. Uh, they actually they went to a bowl game in his first year. They went okay. in the COVID year. They were five and four and they lost in the Montgomery Bowl. Then five wow. and seven last year. They are two and three right now. Texter says, I-, I bet Nick Roush is at Louisville Live. <laughs> he probably will be. Probably. He's a, he's he's a, he's a, big, he's a big he's a huge fan. Wants to recruiting to pick up. Texas, I was listening to a Kent State coach interviewed today, and he said throw game all the time. It must be some sort of innovation sweeping the coaching lexicon nationwide. Okay. I, now One, I just why were you listening to the Kent State coach? Amen. Why? Who is Kent State's football I'm coach? I'm sure there's a backup story there. Is this guy scouting <laughs> for potential Louisville coaches? I don't know, but that's interesting. Without looking up, can you guess who Kent State's coach is? Oh, I've got no idea. I don't have a clue. Why would I know? <laughs> why would you know? <laughs> Stan Heath? <laughs> Nedfish? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what's irritating me now? What? Is all the NFL like making the butt uh the butt punt I know. jokes. And I'm like, this is Nedfish Jedfish did this two weeks ago. Everybody's acting like this has never happened before. Jedfish did it this season. Oh, it's been, it's this been month. just driving me insane on Sunday night watching that. That picture is incredible though. Like the, the, the AP photo of like the, the ball just going directly in the dude's <laughs> yeah. ass. Well, that's the same thing happened in the Arizona game. Just clapping those cheeks. Uh, Sean Lewis is Kent State's head football coach. How could we forget Sean Lewis? You could just be making that up, and I don't know. He's been there since 2017. He's 36 years old. 20, he's been there for five years, and he's only 36 years he old? He was hired at the age of 32. <laughs> that makes me feel terrible about myself. <laughs> what were you doing at 32? This. Well, that was, yeah, same here, I guess. At a higher level. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this, just being higher. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, personally, I think D'Angelo Hall was the best kick returner next to Devin Hester. D'Angelo Hall was like one year. And his best kick return was like, had like 17 block in the backs to have it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. He had like this one great return against Denver. 
And it's like, there's like nine block in the backs to set it up. How is this even creditable? Texas says, uh, TK, speaking of Brian Brown, is like Danny DeVito, and it's always sunny when he's trying to buy the Philadelphia soul, but can't say John Bon Jovi's name despite the agent repeatedly stating it. <laughs> Did he do that? I remember. I kind of remember that episode. Isn't that what they, he, he wanted to do it so he could meet Bon Jovi, right? I don't think I've ever seen that one. What was he calling him, I wonder? Because his name is not that hard to pronounce. Texas Jeff Brom could urinate on a UFL flag and bring Brom home guy would still say bring Brom home. Yeah, that's the whole that's yeah, the, that's that's sick. Point, yeah. All right, Rolling Stone, they came out with their top 100 TV shows of all time list. They've updated this. They've, they've done this before. How perfect. I did do the TV song. You did. So, yeah, it's did. been a few years. Uh, noticeably absent <laughs> on this list as compared to the last time they did this like 10 years ago. Uh, Cosby Show is no, <laughs> no longer on the list. Why? Uh, some not so cool stuff happened. I assume that that's why they no dropped the Cosby Show. No effect on the Cosby Show. It's a top 10 but show. But it's not Suck on there. It. It's well, not a top 10 show. It's top 10, top 20. Easy. Cosby Show was iconic. I mean, it's not a top 20 show. It was the most time. dominant show in ratings for like six years in the 80s. I don't care. It's not a good show. No, Bill Cosby's not a good person. It's but, not a good show. Well, first of all, now now you, now you basically said Rolling Stone has no merit to their, their list already. Well, you, like, you, you put too much stock in 80 sitcoms. We've already established that in the, no. this half-hour segment. Okay. Number 20. We'll start with 20. I'm not going to do the whole 100. Number 20, 30 Rock. I never watched it. I figured you hadn't. I know um, it, obviously, but I never got into it. I'm kind of the same way. I've seen like episodes here and there when it's been on. I've never like sat down and watched from start to finish. I've that and Third Rock from the Sun, which I doubt's on the, in the side of the top 20. But then again, if they don't even put Crosby in the top 20, then they have no credit anyway. Um, but that, I, those are two I never got into. I never could. I've never even heard of number 19. I May Destroy You, which is a show from BBC slash HBO in 2020. I never even heard of it. I, the only show on BBC I've ever watched is Broadband. Uh, Church, Broadbed Church, or whatever it's called. Broadchurch, is that right? Yeah, Broadchurch, yeah, which was really good. I watched um, Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes show. This was good on BBC. Okay. And the original office. First two seasons of Broadchurch, by the way. Season three is not good at all. Uh, number 18, Saturday Night Live. Okay. Very influential. I mean, that's... What was the name of the list, by the way? The 100 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Okay. Because I was going to say, I mean, it's... Yeah. It is a TV. I mean, it's a TV show, but you're playing so broad and loose with the term, just calling it a TV show. Number seventeen. I'm surprised to see it here, but it's one of my favorite shows of all time. The Leftovers, HBO. I know it, but I don't can't imagine it being on top twenty. Oh, I disagree. I mean, it's probably not even a top five HBO show, let alone. Clearly, I disagree. I mean, I'd, I'd have to watch it. How many seasons did it do? Uh, I think just three. Okay. Number sixteen. I've never seen the show, but I've heard. I think they have a new show, new episodes of this. Twin Peaks. I can't. I'm not a David Lynch guy. Number. 15, I, have, I have no nothing against them. I just it just uh, it's too weird for me. Number fifteen. People love that. Like, this always shows up on lists like this. I don't know anybody who was like a big fan of the show. Maybe it's my age. The Larry Sanders Show on HBO. Yeah, it's the show mocking about a show doing a show, and yeah, it's. I never watched it because I didn't have HBO at the time. Never seen it. So I know it, and I've heard nothing. Everybody I know that watched it and had HBO back and like loved it though. Uh, speaking of, same statement for me on this one. Number 14, everybody I know who's watched the show loves it. I've seen the first episode. I liked it, but for whatever reason, just didn't pick it back up. House of Dragons. Uh, the Americans on FX. No, oh, okay. No. no I, 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 again, never watched it. Number 13, another show that everybody tells me I need to watch, Veep, HBO. I, I tried the first few episodes, and it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I, number, do love, I do love... Uh, uh, Joey Louise. Drive, yeah, she's so hot. Number 12, the original Twilight Zone. Okay. Big fan. Yeah, not not again my cup of tea, but I, I think it deserves to be on there. Now number eleven, I have issue with this. I about out on the show. I know I know people love it. I just was not my cup of tea. Succession, HBO. 
Uh, I, I've heard of it. That's about it. Never watched it. Very popular now. But I who's in it? Um, the it's got, Kieran, it's got big names. Kieran Culkin, Brian Cox is like the main guy. He's like the um. Okay, Rupert Murdoch. It's all based on like the Murdoch family. Lucy. Oh, okay. He's like the the heir of this giant corporation. And Rolling Stone is all up in people's butt on this list, aren't they? Number ten, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Okay. Number nine, Atlanta. I think Atlanta's overrated, personally. I've never seen it. I've sat through a few episodes. I just think it's overrated. I, I just I don't. It doesn't do it for me. Number eight, Cheers. Okay. Oh, but God, Cheers, the number two show to Cosby throughout the eighties. It's not based on ratings, Trevor. I mean, the, if it was, like the Kardashian show would be number one. But they got rid. They found out some of the things Ted. Remember Ted Danson said in the uh, in the late eighties. They'll ban that show from from the list too, probably. Number seven, Mad Men. Uh, I tried I twice. Tried, yeah. I tried twice. I can't get into it. I'm sorry. I know it everybody is. hates it when I say that. I know. I can't do it. I'm the same way. I try. I've tried multiple times to watch it. And I just. It's yeah. Does it ever pick up? I mean, people are like, it's right up your alley. I'm like, I've tried. Tw- it's like raising Arizona. I've tried twice. I don't think I can try. I think three the times. problem is, is they are hour episodes, and they're just they're they're it's it's a slow building show, it's and it's slow. hard to do. It's hard to get into when you're watching one hour slow build shows. Very slow. I love I love uh, period pieces. I love that stuff, but I still can't get into it. Number six, Seinfeld. Okay, I mean, there's hardly any doubt that Seinfeld's a top five show, <laughs> so therefore they're going to put it number six because Rolling Stone clearly is morons. <laughs> number five, Fleabag. Okay, well, Fleabag what? What's the name of the show? It was, I've never heard of it. Won all the Emmys like a few years ago. It was very big. That, who's that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was like everywhere? I've never seen it, but I've I knew never it. Even heard won of it. Won all those awards. Uh, number is, four. Is, is, is it recent? Yeah, it was like 20, oh, like 16 to like 2018, 2019. Also, so clearly it's one of the greatest shows. Oh, it's so Jesus. Number four, The Wire. Yeah, that's number two. Number three, Breaking Bad. Again, I'm not gonna get into this thing. Yeah, I know. you don't. You're not a big fan. I know. Actually, I don't mind. I just couldn't. It just. I don't know why it, it lost me, and I just never got back into it. I'd have Breaking Bad behind the wire. I mean, the wire solidly behind the wire, but that's me. Yeah. Number two, The Simpsons. I mean, it's hard to argue. The show's been on. Well, it is because the last like 17 years have been pretty bad. I was gonna say 25, but that. <laughs> you, I mean, I mean, it's just. It's, well, what's up to what? No, they're only up to. It started in '89, so. Uh-huh. What year are we in now? So it'd be what twenty twenty two. So that's thirty four years, thirty five years. Yeah, and it pretty much dropped after about 33. the eighth season, ninth season. Yeah, it's been. I mean, every now and then I'll catch like an episode on TV, and I'll just like, oh, like Simpsons. I'll watch but you it on know FX, what? and it's just it's not good. Not but 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 honestly, the first like six, seven, eight seasons alone deserved to put it on this list because they were that it was that good and groundbreaking. It was yeah, it was definitely groundbreaking. But I wouldn't have it that high. Uh, number one. I've still never seen the show. Sopranos. Rolling <laughs> Stone, such a buffoons. I mean, this is the you worst. Seen Sopranos. This is one. I know. I know. Probably Sopranos, but just. I mean, it's. They they were just like we're gonna be we're gonna be like uh, we're gonna be cool and put shows on here that no one some you know that are somewhat new and put them in the top ten. But then we're just gonna be easy and put the the, the obvious several shows in the top five. Who would you have at number one? Cosby Show? No, no. Cosby Show's, I mean, still is a top 10 or top 20 at worst. I mean, there's, it's hard. You can't even argue that for what it's did. I mean, you, if you can, but if you want to sound stupid, but you go ahead. I just don't think it's a good show. I mean, you don't have to like it, but the, the ratings and impact it had is makes it a top 20 show easily. But again, this isn't about ratings. Clearly, it's not about much. Again, ratings, uh, <laughs> like number one, like they'd have like Survivor and like the Kardashian show would be like top five shows of all time. I guess, maybe. 
be. I mean, I'm surprised Mash wasn't on that list either. Yeah, I kind of too. Um, you want to go back to thirty to twenty real quick? Parks and Rec number thirty. I I've never been. I've never liked Parks and Rec. It just it, it was so much of an office ripoff when it first came out, and it just, I just can't get past that. Twenty nine Roots. What? <laughs> 28 Friday Night Lights. First of all, first of all, Roots was a wasn't even a show. It was a it was a TV movie. It was a series. Mini series. It's same one year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 28 Friday Night Lights. Yeah, which I'm still on into season two. 27 Deadwood. Everyone tells me I would wa- I love it. But I know. Ends abruptly. I can't do it. I, I've said this before. Well, then they did a movie to like conclude. It. I know. Yeah. Maybe I should. 26 Sesame Street. Okay. Okay. It's weird. 25 Mash. There you go. Okay. 24 Freaks and Geeks. Over, I know. I've I've tried watching it. It's so overrated. Twenty three Watchmen. I know it, but I don't watch. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's based off the movie and the comic book. Twenty two Star Trek. Which one? Well, I guess just the original. Yeah. 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 Twenty one All in the Family. All in the Family is not in the top ten. Again, this list is Boy, made by the morons. way Glenn Miller plays. All in the Family is one of the is probably easily top five greatest comedy without a doubt. Top, it is a top 10 show. Yeah, this list is utterly stupid. You're such a 70-year-old man. It is so bad. This show, this I like li- that going down the list, you're like, oh, the only ones that you were like, okay, were like the ones from like the 80s and 90s. You're like, okay. What's hard? How can you establish <laughs> shows so great when it's only four years old? I mean, some of these shows from like the, the 80s and 90s only had like four or five year runs. True. I mean, but I just had a curiosity. What's 95 to 100? You mean 191? What, what, or yeah, we're just. Didn't you say it was top one hundred? Top one hundred. Yeah, I just want to know, like, yeah, the the, the bottom ten. One hundred. The show. The show comes up frequently. Another show that That's I always curious. get told to watch is What We Do in the Shadows. Number you one. love that show. Of the movie, I've never oh. seen the show. Okay, that's number one hundred. Yeah. Okay. Num- number ninety nine, Oz. Oz is so good. That doesn't. That doesn't. There's way. It's way high. It's that's no disrespect. Number ninety eight, The Good Fight. Never heard of it. Me either. Number ninety seven, The Odd Couple. Yeah. Yeah. 96, Rick and Morty. They're mostly known for the movie than the show, I think. But yeah, Rick and Morty. Yeah. I, you know, I don't mind Rick and Morty. I'm just not. I like Rick and Morty. Number 95, Squid Game. Never watched it. I won't watch it. Number 94, I think we both liked the show, News Radio. I love News Radio. Most it does not get enough credit is it, from a 90s standpoint. 93. Bill Hartman doesn't die. That show could, could have moved on, kept on. You're probably right. Yeah. 93, The Rockford Files. That's not bad. Okay, no, I never saw it. Uh, you, you didn't. You didn't grow. You didn't have, be raised by your grandparents in the eighties. Yeah. You watched Rockford Files. <laughs> Trust me, I've watched Rockford Files, Murder She Wrote. I've been. I know. Yeah, I know it. Ninety two, The Muppet Show. Oh, Muppet. How is the Muppet Show only ninety two? <laughs> I never know if you're gonna get mad that it's on the list. I mean, I want it on I... the list, but ninety two. You tell me, there's ninety one shows better than the Muppet <laughs> Show. Ninety one, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. The, the 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 show of all shows is based off talk shows is number ninety. Not, that was ninety one. Ninety is the Wonder Years. Are you mad that it's high, too high, or not high enough? I am. I do not advocate yelling for someone to be fired for their job for doing stupid things <laughs> online. I'm I'm so against that because now every day nowadays somebody does something you don't like, you're like fire them. This person needs to leave their job. When it's, it's always so stupid to do that. Whoever did this list shouldn't have never be allowed to post anything ever again. Oh my God, Troy! Uh, they should they should be fired. They should be taken out back and have fruit thrown at them. I gotta show you this. Hold on, my guy Troy Turbeville, uh, aka at Ville on the Ville on Twitter, has has photoshopped your face onto Jack Nicholson in that end of the the, the Shining. <laughs> Is that on the Twitter, pi- the picture, yeah. Oh great! He's like, we have our evidence. That's incredible. 
It's so that good. list is the worst list. <laughs> He's not going to give it up. I have ever listened to in my freaking life. You've made me almost cuss like six times in the last 15 minutes. I mean, I've had to bite my lip several times. I mean, I haven't been as mad since I got road raged at the woman in front of Westport Middle last week. I don't know. I don't know what morons and drugs they were doing to come up with that list. But every one of them should be taken out back and just fired, or hit with a bag of oranges or something. So she says, "How do I know that I listen to the right radio station?" And Mike just said, "Clapping those cheeks." Well, yeah, you, got, you know, you got those cheeks clapped by the ball. There says Trevor's like I read part of a review online once. Not a fan. <laughs> Takes this to Trevor. What was I referring to? Takes this to Trevor loves Bill Cosby. That's what I heard. I mean, the Cosby Show was great. Takes this this TK Cosby apologist storyline just really caught me off guard. I mean, I'm not apologizing for the man. I'm a, I'm saying the show. Don't 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 lump the show in. With, with what he did. All right. Next text says, I agree with TK regarding the Cosby show, regardless of how you feel about Bill, the Cosby show itself, pioneered the next generation of black sitcoms. Thank you. Texas says, Dante Hall was the kick returner, right? The beer truck driver who had one good year. <laughs> the beer kicker, what? <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. I don't either. It's so weird. <laughs> the beer truck driver? Texas when I first tried Succession, it didn't catch me. My wife picked it up after season two, and I started watching it again. Now I really enjoy it. I never got into The Simpsons. I've heard this a similar thing about with Succession. I've had friends that like kind of stopped it like I did and then picked it back up and then like really liked it. But I I, I probably will try eventually. But. Our man T.J. Walker also wants me to know that Succession is great. Okay. I and, can music. And apparently, this is this this could be a hot take for KRCs to go after him. The Americans is better than Breaking Bad. I, I have friends that love the Americans. And I will say I'm this, not going to fight him over it without having seen the show. I'm not, and I'm not going to fight for it being on a list, but like. I, I will say this, FX is like, it's up there when you talk about like original shows on cable. Oh, for sure. Like outside of the world of HBO and Showtime, well, really it's HBO. I mean, how many people really watch Showtime or Cinemax shows? But like FX is like probably the top tier. I mean. I think so too. I, I mean, I love. They you, do what we do in the shadows too. You know, you know how much I love the show Rescue Me. I think it's great. I, now I haven't watched like Nip Tuck. I did watch a little bit of Nip Tuck when it was out. I couldn't get into the biker one. Just because that dude just doesn't seem scary to me. Like, I see him and I'm like, this guy doesn't look like a biker. He looks like a nerd. Like, this guy's, he reminds me of, like, just the guy being a poser because he was a geek in high school. And now he's going to, like, grow his hair long and pretend he's a biker and put on a leather jacket. Texas King of Queens should be number one. I love King of Queens. <laughs> Queens. I like King of Queens. King of Queens is great. I mean, it's, it's a good sitcom. Texas says West Wing should be, number, should be top ten. I love West Wing. I never got into West Wing, but it's I okay. have no problem with it. You love Aaron Sorkin, though. You'd I like do it. love Aaron Sorkin. I probably would like West Wing if I watched it. Texas says Cosby Show was great. Yeah. Texas says sounds like Rolling Stone only has HBO Max for its streaming service. They are clearly sucking up to somebody. Texas says Mike. This looks like the product of the writers who just want free HBO Max and so they're just going to throw all their shows on there. Texas says Mike would like what we do in the shadows show i think yeah everybody says i love the movie everyone's like if you love the movie you'd love the show i just haven't started watching it. i don't know the weird thing about the movies i didn't i think it's, the texture points out it's it's it was done by the guy that did jojo rabbit yeah what's well, this and the germane whatever the guy who was in um flight of the concords who i love is in the show and see that's so that's where i'm torn i love jojo rabbit but i did not like Fly of the Concords. oh i love Fly of the concords renshaw loved that show he used to make me try to watch it and i'm like I know this sounds weird to say in a room with Renshaw, but I need more drugs to enjoy this. Murray, here. <laughs> There's this, where's Doug fall on the list? I don't know if Doug was on. I think the only <laughs> animated shows that were on that list were Simpsons. Rick and Morty, Simpsons, uh, BoJack Horseman, which I do love, okay. and uh, South Park. Family Guy didn't make the list? Family Guy did not make the list. 
Okay, that's ridiculous. You can't legitimately say there's a hundred shows better than Family Guy out there. Nah. No, not a, I mean, nah. no. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny show. Do you have a baseball game to pick tonight? It's a Simpsons ripoff a little bit. When does so. Maction start? When when do we get college football on Tuesday night? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, you got NXT wrestling tonight. Who's wrestling in that? I have no idea. <laughs> Not a freaking clue. <laughs> Who are the Blue Jays playing right now? Uh, Yankees came back on last night on three to two and the extra innings against them. All right, Jays Yanks tonight. Big game for both teams. Seven oh seven first pitch. If we beat them again tonight, will you send a message to your your boy and just says this is from uh, Radio Danny? He says suck it. I'll let him know. I'll let him know <laughs> who you got tonight. Uh, Jays Yanks. I wonder who's pitching tonight. Gossman pitched for us last night, so I think it's Barrios tonight. So I'm gonna go Blue Jays. Going Yanks. I'm probably right. Barrios has sucked all year. No, he has. He's been he's been 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 horrible this year. Tomorrow season finale for the Louisville Bats. They're playing uh, Gwinnett. It's the last game of the season. It's an afternoon game. Yep. They start at noon, so there's a chance that we may be starting late. Uh, so if you don't hear us, we'll be on soon enough. Maybe a late start time, but we'll be going to six o'clock tomorrow, and then after that. Normal shows for the rest of the season, barring some Indiana basketball conflict. Yeah, because they'll sometimes do games at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, if it's a 7 o'clock tip-off, it's a 6 o'clock pregame. Right. So. We got bats tonight. Penultimate game going on. We'll, we'll hand the baton over to Joey Dumbling, the Cardinal Insider, and then you'll be able to hear Nick Curran uh, and the bats coverage starting at 635. Right here on 1450 The Big X. Everyone have a fantastic Tuesday Wait, night. Where was Charles in charge on that list? I don't know. I didn't look it up. We can, look, we can talk about tomorrow. Crap, yeah. We'll continue the conversation about Charles in charge tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We'll see you guys then. The new boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. He's there just to take good care of me. Like he's one of the